And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania, where we broadcast live each and every weeknight from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Global Star Radio Network. Folks, <coughs> excuse me, we're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. You can watch us live and by archive on our YouTube channel. Folks, just go to hagmanandhagman.com. And each of our audio and video broadcasting venues are listed there at our home base. Don't forget now, we've got two, well, three websites. We've got one for the show, that's HagmanHagman.com. We've got one for our articles, news and information. Rhonda's done just a fantastic job with that. Folks, have you gone to HagmanHagman.com? Have you gone there and, and checked it out? Check out the news. This news is selected. Uh, there's a certain metric that's, that, that we use, that Rhonda uses, and, and she's just a... Uh, runs our communication manager and she just does a wonderful job with hagreport.com. She call her Hawkeye for yeah. her yeah. eye for the, the and, news. And it's very important because it's broken down into sections now. These sections are going to grow with us now. I'd like everyone to certainly bookmark hagmanreport.com and, and watch the news and look at the news because it's, it, it's extremely important. Uh, every news item there has elements that again adhere to a certain metric that uh, will affect our lives. Now, you might wonder, well, geez, why isn't this story reported as opposed to this other story? It's because of the metric we use and the impact we feel it's going to have um, uh, with all of our listeners directly. Now, I'm Doug Hagman at the helm tonight with fellow investigator researcher Joe Hagman. Together, we are the Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, what I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. And we've got a lot, a lot of information to get into tonight. Before we get into the information tonight. A couple of issues, a couple of things. Number one, folks, portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by Whole Tones Live. It's WholeTonesLive.com. WholeTonesLive.com. What a fantastic uh, website. Folks, if you haven't gone to Whole Tones Live, do that. You can download just an extraordinary uh, sound music. I was I had it playing in the background today, as I was completing my my project. I'm going to be announcing something next week, folks. Um, possibly on Monday. You're not going to want to miss that. But Whole Tones Live playing in the background, uh, giving you a very sedate type of uh, environment, or one that. Uh, that propels your productivity, any type of mood, and this is based on the on uh, the biblical principles of King David, his music. So, yes, very interesting. This uh, is a news article that uh, actually um, deals with the ability of deaf people to now hear with these new cochlear implants. They say when hearing aids no longer help, a cochlear implant not only amplifies sound, but lets people hear speech and music clearly. Right. Think Rush Limbaugh, basically. And he's going. uh, It goes on to explain how, um, you know, these implants basically restore the uh, hearing to the deaf. Right. And uh, I think it's very interesting uh, in medical technology when you can 
do something such as restore the hearing with the uh, with a small device and like an uh, yeah, turbo yeah. hearing aid. Right, but and it's also it's also interesting too when you take. Uh, frequencies and, and one one understands frequencies. Yeah, and that's a big and thing with me this, about frequencies. In this article, what I mentioned it for was to quote a, one of these um, uh, research partici- participants who used the implant and said that um, they, he loves that it's changed his life. Except that music is so awful these days, yes. he can't listen to it. But with whole tones. Yeah, there you go. Whole that tones is, gives you a whole different, uh, yeah. pardon the pun, but a whole different uh, meaning and we have, of life. Uh, listener testimonials about how it improved many <laughs> people's lives in different ways. Attitude, physically. Indeed. So check it out, wholetoneslive.com. All right. Now, even more, uh, imp- well, more importantly here, um, as we get, we, we've got, like I said, a lot of information, a lot of news, a lot of Issues to cover tonight simply because there's a busy week with guests. Paul McGuire last night was fantastic. Um, t- talking about the uh, prophecy of the future of America 2016 2017. And it's a fantastic, uh, uh, it's a fantastic read, folks, and it's important. But, but here's an issue that I want to mention tonight. Uh, yesterday morning I got a call early, and I mean early, early from Steve Quayle. And, um. So like regular day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't, I can't say much about this because this is an ongoing investigation. Um, pray for Tim Alberino and his family. Um, I, I didn't, I wasn't, well, Steve asked me not to say anything yesterday and I didn't. Um, there, I'll just say this. There was something happened within the last 48 hours that, was a clear attack against Tim Alberino. Now I and they're filming a, a new documentary um, that uh, Steve and Tim have been working on now for right. months. Uh, powerful. Uh, you can find information on YouTube about it and SteveQuell.com. And uh, Tim does great research. Yes. Now you know me, folks. I'm not one to say, "Oh my goodness, there is you know some weird uh, or some attack uh, being made." If there is nothing there, or if, if you know, even if it's if it could be explained elsewise, and, and I'm not going to get into the details because this is an ongoing investigation. But uh, just from what um, I've talked to Steve about and what I know of the situation, this is an extremely, extremely dangerous situation. Uh, Tim Alberino was placed in and his family. They are lucky to be alive. I'm not. Again, I, I cannot get into the details, not because I don't want to, because I, re- I want to scream them from the rooftop, but um, uh, to me, this is something that that uh, was done deliberately in order to kill his family, him and his family. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And so I'm asking everyone, just keep Tim and his, and his family in your prayers. Yeah. Look, I don't know. We've talked about this off-air, Dad, just this week, about you know, a lot of problems we see, whether it's day-to-day stuff or things going wrong, how much of it is actually spiritual versus uh, coincidence or uh, just happenstance. But something like this, no doubt, is spiritual in nature because they are doing work. Well, it, that it's is spiritual manifested in the physical, but definitely spiritually. I mean, when they're going after the... Uh, 
barriers that have been put up by the globalist lies about history, about uh, the Bible, and the lies that the, uh, the Satanist elite have established and, and reinforced <coughs> through generations. Yep. Their walls are being torn down, and they need to do everything they can to protect it. So Tim, I'm imagining, as well as Steve, are on to something very important with this documentary. And, and, folks, this is something, as the program unfolds tonight, we're going to get into. I know Joe's got a couple of things to get into that are that very topical. But um, here, before, we do, we do have somebody coming on here momentarily, and, and we'll get to him in a, in a moment. But uh, there's two issues that I want to really just mention as topics that we're going to get into as the program unfolds. Folks, you need to know. Because, see, here's the, here's the deal. We as Christians are under attack. We as conservatives are under attack. And you've got to understand the nature of the attacks in which we face. I've heard it said, as you said, look, these are spiritual attacks, and they are spiritual attacks. If you listen to Russ Dizdar before our program, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, which is, by the by the way, the, the place to be, and and if you listen to him, you'll understand the, the serious nature of the spiritual attacks. But, but there are individuals out there right now who are engaged in COINTELPRO techniques for dilution, misdirection, and control of the, um, the very, very important words here I'm saying now, COINTELPRO is out there, uh, COINTELPRO techniques, specifically for dilution, misdirection, and control of speech and of topics on the Internet, and by extension on shows in the alternative media and in the mainstream media. The mainstream media, not so much. It's already scripted, but if you get on a subject, a topic, a specific area of interest of investigative research, there are, we have the playbook. I've got the playbook basically right here, right here. Okay, that we'll, we'll talk about how the people behind the keyboards hired by the government are affecting and, and moving speech in 140 characters or less or on Facebook or on forums. Here's the game plan. We're going to be going over that later. Also, the other thing I want to get into, and again, um, after uh, we get some other things done, uh, the the establishment of the New World Order People have asked me, sent me, they sent me a whole bunch of stuff. Look, what the heck? Exactly, you know, we hear so much, um, there's, there's so many different ideas, plans and such. We, give me the bare bones uh, uh, outline for how this is going to take place. Here it is right here, folks, in basically an outline form. All right? So and, th- these are two issues I'm going to get into after after we get the, the program keeps going. And not knowing you're going to get into that, I yeah, brought the big new Brzezinski's book, A Second Chance which is a book about the globalization of the uh, nations, the uh, modern nations of the world. And he states right in the opening of the book, first chapter, that the first American president was the first global leader in in our historical time and that the American president simply began to act as the global leader without uh, official international blessing. And it goes on to say that they will uh, continue to consolidate uh, power, right, and that he, the president, will be the de facto leader of the world when everything's all said and done. That's right. But That's there's right. a lot more. 
Well, and, and I just want to apologize, folks. If if I look a little bit disheveled or discombobulated, you know, this news with Tim Alberino it really has shaken me. I, again, from yesterday yesterday morning when I first heard what happened, it was it happened uh, very very late at night, very early in the morning, and um, and, and it doesn't the details are not important. Just say just suffice it to say that that um. Is there anything we can do besides pray? Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. Okay, I'm just... And I know as little about this as anybody else out there listening. Um... But w- see, here's he- here's what I'm seeing right now, I guess. <clears throat> what I'm seeing is if you've got somebody who's who's a truth teller, who wants to expose the works of darkness you've got the opposing force the enemy and here's what I'm seeing I'm seeing that they're not only going to go after the person but the person's family if that person has a wife they're going to go after the wife if that person has children they're going to go after the children yep. they don't get and a then damn. from there you know if they have businesses jobs you know they every part of your family and extended family and their lives the ability to do things travel get loans so I mean, they can they can and that's and that's the other thing I've heard Joe I've heard from two different guests that we've had on our program that have been under threat and I've kept this to myself but I'm not going to keep this to myself anymore I'm not going to name their names but these are people of of reasonable I mean you look at them you speak with them you have coffee with them you talk to them they can hold a conversation they're they're sane they're rational people they understand look what we're talking about sounds crazy it sounds ignorant it sounds like we're we're you know we're we're you know we just rolled a fatty right before we started or it's, it sounds like you know we're on the magic shrooms or whatever no look folks this is stuff that needs to be talked about. But we've I've had two separate guests come on or uh, come to me and say, you know what, I, something is going on here. I'm being harassed. And I'm not going to get into the various areas of harassment, but I'll, I'll tell you this. There are people out there who are um, suffering from... Gang stalking. Gang stalking, yes. Um, t- taking reputations and, and, and shredding their reputations. How about this? How about the IRS audits? We know that happens to the political enemies, all right? But IRS audits that are that that start out criminal as criminal inquiries, okay? Like they did with the Tea Party. Very well, yes, but even worse. Or reputations that 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 people will you know, it's very difficult, folks, for someone if if I were to say on this on the radio right now, John Smith or jo, no, I, I I'm not even sure I can use this. Um, John fictitious John Doe uh, is a child molester and a wife beater. Okay, if if I were to say that and, and insert a, and the pro, name of a prominent individual there or an individual that that of course is um, that that maybe was a guest on our program. Do you understand, folks, that stigma that's carried in the fact that people will take that and run with that without even having a one scintilla of evidence or proof? And there's yeah. just no way to there's no way to shred that or shed that uh, shed that. This is happening today. And one last thing, and then I'm going to turn it over to to you, Joe. Um, you know, we've had uh, 
we've had about three different individuals on our program that have died under mysterious circumstances. Okay, uh, and I'm not going to get into it. Uh, you, you can, you know, I'm sure most people know who they are. Um, yeah, actually, one I the Gray totally, State, uh, yeah, uh, director yeah. of the Gray State. Uh, he's That's one. right. Yep, and another one who I totally didn't agree with. Nonetheless, you know, he was on, and 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 he's he's dead now. Uh, all three from suicides, supposedly. No. Some well, yeah, supposedly. Suicide. supposedly, right? I don't. But but David from Gray State. You're going to see more and more of this. Okay, um, you're going to see more and more of this. Trust me when I tell you we are under attack, and I don't see us lasting much through the fall in terms of. When I say that, I'm not saying the world is going to end. Don't, don't, no, no. I'm saying I don't see us having a normal life like we have now, where you can wake up, you can go to Starbucks, you can go to the grocery store, you can get your or whatever you I'm do sorry in the, the morning. Chapel. I, I just. Life is so far from normal uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, but, yes, the normalcy that it is now will be much different tomorrow, as it is every day. It gets worse every day. And you're right. Uh, Let's stop. Let me just – I just happened to see this. Uh, somebody had sent me a message, an email. Uh, apparently, uh, <clears throat> people are asking questions in the chat room. Look, folks, I cannot get into details about Tim Alberino. Tim, Tim Alberino, his wife, his family, they are – Fine, right now, okay? Thank they God. wouldn't be, okay? So no one died. Tim Alberino's family didn't die. Just to be clear, just listen to me and stop typing and listen, okay? That's why I don't like chat rooms. They didn't die. Tim Alberino and his family suffered an attack. And this was not an ordinary attack. This was not a spiritual attack. This was not a made-up attack. This is a legitimate attack where they could have died. And praise God they did. But and people are saying, "Well, tell tell us what it was." No, I can't because it's an ongoing investigation. Okay, I just can't do it. And that's irrelevant right now. I mean, we just need to thank the Lord for His protection over Tim and their continued work with Steve. And uh, you know, if Tim wants to disclose and talk about what happened, he will. And if he doesn't, he won't. Well, but no, you know, him, I, he'll carry on. Yeah, he will. But I can't get I, people want details. I'm sorry, I can't give you the, the freaking details. Okay, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Even Steve Quayle in his alert section said I can't get into details. Why? Because it's an ongoing criminal investigation into an attempted murder. Yeah, what do you think this is? The White House? All right, gone. Sorry for that joke. Um, now we got uh, Mike from here, the Watchman, on, and he's gonna talk for a few minutes about some updates on the conference for those who can attend there is a option to uh, stay home and watch the conference and be a part of the conference but i'm going to stop talking and bring mike on and let him uh, lay it out for you mike it's great to have you on how are you well, doing it's great today? to great to be here you guys and 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 god bless both of you for for everything that you're doing and you know i've been listening to what's going on and and you know we know, uh, those of us involved with Here the Watchman, we know about attacks. And, uh, you know, Doug, you're right. It doesn't matter what attack uh, was made against Tim and his family. It, it, it matters not. I mean, what we have to do is we have to pray. Uh, you know, we have to ask the Lord to protect uh, Tim. We have to ask the Lord to protect all of us that, you know, have have decided to, uh, you know, give our lives to, to, to work for Jesus. 
because we're all going to be under attack, and it's it's going to continue. There's there's no stopping it. You know, Satan hates it when Jesus turns the lights on. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He hates it. You know, when when uh, my wife Jeannie and I uh, one day were called upon by by the Lord to 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 work for 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 Jesus. And, and he said, gather my people, and it was as clear as a bell. I'm not kidding you. I mean, it was clear as a bell when he said that to us. And and we both kind of looked at each other and said, really, is, is this, are we really ready to do this? But you know what? Both of us, and, and I, know, I know for certain Joe, and I know Doug, I know we've all found out what happens when you're not obedient to the Lord. And... And that is why when the Lord calls us to do something, we need to do it. Um, you know, you guys, I, I, I just, I got to thank you guys, you know, from the bottom of my heart, uh, for everything that you do for all of us that work for Jesus. I mean, you guys have given a voice to so many of us who would not be able to reach out, who would not be able to be heard, who would not be able to deliver the words that God has given us to deliver to people without you guys. And you do it asking for absolutely nothing in return. And God bless both of you for doing that and staying strong. I, I, I really personally, I appreciate it. And I got to tell you, you know, Jeannie and I would be honored to just bust your table, let alone sit at the same table as as you guys. I mean, God bless you, and thank you so much for, for, for everything you're doing. I, I, I know, you know, I can hear it in your in your voice tonight, Doug. You're 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 deeply concerned and touched and and God bless you. You know, I mean God bless oh, thank you. Thank you, brother. Uh you know, I, I just get to the point where uh, I don't know. Go ahead, Mike. Just No, I, 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 I do know. I mean because you know uh, you know, let, let, let's touch just, you know, a little bit like Paul McGuire. Let's look at Paul McGuire. This man is amazing. What you guys heard last night on the Hagman Show, what, what you heard was Paul McGuire just serving you up a, a little mini hors d'oeuvre, like a little teeny shrimp cocktail of what you'll get from Paul McGuire at Hear the Watchman. You know, I, I, that man is amazing. Um, I, I got to tell you guys, you know, and all your listeners, and God bless all your listeners. You know, I I speak to your listeners almost every day, either by email or, you know, I was on the phone with a wonderful woman, uh, you know, Michelle, down in Texas today, who spent an hour, you know, she's been saving for months to go to hear the Watchmen. She spent an hour on the website today trying to get a ticket and trying to she kept having problems and god bless her you know i i spoke to her and she's so excited about coming and meeting you guys but but you know paul mcguire has a crucial role in here the watchman and he'll only be there for a short period of time because he has to he is literally flying in doing his speech which is he's opening the conference up at 1 p.m and you know, everybody needs to get there at noon, because I'm telling you, there won't be a seat in the room. And, you know, he, I went to a prayer meeting with Paul McGuire in Hollywood, in North Hollywood, at a place called the Garland Hotel, um, that Paul puts on. And let me tell you, Paul pays for it out of his own pocket. He pays for it, puts it on, 
And Jeannie and I know it's not cheap to do that stuff, but Paul does that. You know, that's the kind of guy he is, and that's what his ministry is all about. God bless him. And, you know, he did he did his prayer session, and at the end of the prayer session, he t- talked about praying, and he came out in the audience, and he was going to lay hands on people and, and pray for them. And, you know, I, you guys met me once, and we've talked a lot. I'm not a very touchy-feely kind of guy. You know, my wife will tell you, you know, you got to be kind of careful with Mike. He's kind of like a bear. You best to, best to go after him when he's, you know, ready to go hibernate, not after he wakes up, you know. And, and you know, Paul McGuire came over and he laid hands on me and he put his hand on my head and he prayed and he, and he said, Brother, the Lord is going to work through you and he's going to use your creativity and what he's given you, the tools he's given you to do something amazing this year for him. And here the Wasman was really not much on the radar before then. You know, and this is a man that you're going to hear. If he could do that to me, he can do that to anybody that's, that's at Here the Watchman. I mean, you, you, you know, it's, it's just, you know, we are so excited about this conference. We are, we are over the top excited. And, you know, we're over all the attacks and all the stuff, the, the, one speaker fighting against another speaker and all that. You know, all that was, all, all that was going on during that time, and, and, and these are not my words. These are Pastor Langford's words, because I would go to Pastor Langford. Pastor Langford and I communicate with each other almost every single day. And when all that was going on, Jeannie and I were just distraught. We were praying. We didn't know what to do. And, you know, we went to Pastor Langford. And Pastor Langford would, would say to me, and I, I, you guys can probably hear this. I, I think you, you, you can imagine this, Doug. Um, you know, he would say, Mike, you have not a thing to worry about. God is there. He's got your back. All that's going on is God is calling the field. And, and he'd say, just march forward. And then he'd read scripture to me, or, or he doesn't even read it, actually. He, you know, he, it just comes right out of him. Um, and, and, you know, he's right. The speakers that are coming to Dallas in just 20 days, that's, that's as close as it is, in 20 I just, days. I just saw that 20 days and yeah. the, the pucker factor, excuse my yeah, language. Yeah, isn't that the truth? passed <laughs> out. I just, I, really, 20 days. 20 uh, days. Yeah. Uh, and we've been working on me? this for how long? Like, like, like almost nearly a year, you know? And, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're almost there. You know, it's the marathon. And, and you know what we all need to realize? When, when you guys are, you know, we're talking before the show, and I'm probably taking more time than I should, and, and forgive me for that, but you, you got me fired up, Doug, by, by what you said. And, you know, the, the, the everything that's going on, the attacks on the body of Christ, they're going to get more intense. It's not going to get... It's not going to even out. The sun's not going to come out. We're not going to be able to go have a picnic, and everything's going to be great. You need to get to hear the watchman one way or another, because when you're there, the speakers, the anointed speakers that are there, the, the men of God that are there, they're going to give you the training, and they're going to help you put on that spiritual armor so that you can you can survive, so that you can go out. And, you know... Steve Quayle, God loves Steve. Steve Quayle and I, you know, we've communicated. We we communicate from time to time, and uh, and and he will tell you. And 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 I'm being honest. We don't always see eye to eye with each other, 
but I admire that man and I love that man. I sat with that man in Montana at Whitestone for three days and listened to everything that he said while he was sitting at his table during the Whitestone reunion, talking right. to people about his books and all that. I mean, God was there. God put me in Steve Quayle's life and Steve Quayle in my life. And, and I can't tell you, that's the kind of stuff that happens at these conferences. You know, it's just a, amazing what, what goes on. And I, I want to tell all your listeners tonight, you know, if, you know, Jeannie and I were praying last night, and we, we, we pray all the time, and before, you know, I came on with you guys, we've been praying, and, and you know, if, if, if you're listening, if there's any listener out there where the price of the ticket is keeping you from getting to hear the Watchmen, if you're local in the Dallas area and, and you just like, I can't afford $99 to get there, you need to go to our website and you need to go to it right now and you need to click on the button at the top that says contact us and you need to get a hold of me because we will do everything we can to get you to the conference. If we need to give you a ticket, we'll get you there. You know, and that's the, that's the thing because the speed, let, let's just look for a second, you guys. It, at who the speakers are, you know. I mean, first, let's just look at the media. Let's look at the media panel, which will be on Sunday. I mean, it's both of you, Doug and Joe Hagman. You know, it's John B. Wells. It's, you know, John B. Wells, I mean, now, he's, that man is one of the most intelligent, articulate men I have ever met, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Personally, I don't know about you, Doug, but, but I would not want to go one-on-one with him in a debate. I mean, that uh, I, I did actually, right? Yeah, Mike, I got to tell you this real quick. Uh, the last time I was on his show, I, I um, had a conversation with him right beforehand. I said, I said, John, I'm not sure about about your position on this. And I, in fact, I don't, I don't even remember what the thing was, but man, alive, um, he, he, I got schooled. I, I mean, I got schooled, and, and then we came back, and I said, you know, looking at it the way you did, I, now I understand where you're, how you're coming at this. You know, and he said, yeah. And I got to be, th- I got to thinking about this, and I thought, man, you know, um, the, the guy, the guy's good. And he had facts right at, at at the ready, so he is. And we talked about the uh, uh, his presentation on the media panel. So what you're saying too, uh, JB Wells is going to be really, really oh. right on the money. I can't wait. Yeah, and he's like you guys. He doesn't have to Google anything. No, I mean, not at all. It's in his mind. It's he. He's got it. It's stored like you, Doug. You did, Joe. You do the same thing. I mean. I mean, Pastor Langford, when it comes to Scripture, I mean, he, Pastor Langford, you know, who's who's going to be there, he's he's doing the baptisms, he's doing the service on Sunday. Pastor Langford has changed my life. You know, I was saved, and I'm going to tell all your listeners right now, I mean, and, and uh, I, you know, I'm just going to say it. I was saved by Jesus on the floor of a jail cell with tears running down my cheeks. And I wasn't asking, God, get me out. I was saying, God, forgive me for every single thing I've ever done. Let me tell you what those things are. I was repenting. I was asking for the Lord to come into my life. And the Lord didn't let me out of jail. I'll tell you that right now. He made me stay there a while and serve Him there. You know, and Pastor Langford, he, he has changed my life. He has made me look at that experience as not a negative experience, as that was a gift from God. And this is a man who will be leading us on Sunday. He will be baptizing people. You know, that's another thing about Hear the Watchman. Come to Hear the Watchman. Get, you know, renew your faith. Renew your faith. Come and let Pastor Langford and, and some of the other guys, let them baptize you. You know, and, well, and Mike, and, if, I don't mean to interrupt. Well, I, mean, I am interrupting your flow. 
in addition to to the baptism okay i do let me make a recommendation we we have a, a baptism of course but i also believe that in today's environment we need an exorcism room in addition to the ba- baptism we, room you, you know, know i'm serious so man. poignant it's so poignant that you mentioned that because we're going to do that and we're going to do that and we have the the perfect man there to do that <laughs> russ Dizdar. I'm russ, a, mm-hmm. russ yeah, I, I, Look, Mike, I, I was saying it happened just, but, but because I'm seeing things not only, you know, I mean, certainly outside of the body of, of Christ, outside of the remnant, but I'm seeing things that I've never, look, I'm almost 60 years old. I feel like mentally, I feel like I'm, in, you know, in my 30s, physically well over 100. But all of that said, you know, and you've seen things, Mike, uh, I know you have where it's, Things are not right, and, and I again saying it happened just exercise exorcism, but you know there are a lot of people out there who are really suffering from uh, from uh, from curses, and, and there are curses out there that, that are that whether you believe it or not, it, do, it doesn't matter. I don't care. You're listening to this, and you say, "Oh, that's BS." Well, you know what? Fine, I don't care. But well, I'll tell you guys this: that uh, uh, me and my wife both decided to uh, be baptized uh, at the conference as a, a rededication. Oh. Um, what an because honor. Um, it is something that I feel is needed. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. have to. We we cannot continue to sit back and be attacked by the enemy. That's uh, right. You know, we need the the fasting, the praying, uh, the extra mile, and the, having being there with the opportunity to be baptized by Pastor Langford um, can't be passed up. At least no, not in my no, eyes. No, 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 no. And you know, I I will tell you guys. You know, we can we can all talk and we can we can all research and we can all do the things we can do. As Pastor Langford so so well puts it, you know, the body of Christ is made up of many parts. And you guys play a part in it, and Jeannie and I as gatherers play a part in it, and Steve Quayle plays a part in it, and Pastor Langford and we all all of us that serve Jesus play a part in that and that's what makes up the body of Christ but I'm telling you we can all sit around and think and do that but I am proof positive that the only thing that can save you is Jesus that's Amen it Amen to that there's nothing else that'll do it and and we're so we're so fortunate I mean look at you know I, I you know I'll tell you a funny story really I mean if you think about it you know, I mean, we we both know. I mean, you've had the attacks regarding here the Watchman, and we all know all the attacks that Jeannie and I had, and all the crap. And and you know, if the, I, I had to laugh one night, I said, you know, if the best thing that Satan can throw at me is something that I did ten and twelve years ago, before I was saved and before I was I was covered by the blood, if that's the best Satan can do, what a wimp he is. You know, and and you know, I mean, look at what what we have here. Look at Sheila. Look at Sheila Zelensky. You know, now that's a woman. That's a warrior woman right there. You know, she has battled. She is always right there for Jesus. You know, yep. and I mean this with every. I mean this as a compliment. That woman is Steve Quayle in a skirt. There's no doubt about it. I mean, she is so articulate and so brilliant, and we're so blessed to have her at Hear the Watchman. And then we have, you know, you look at, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Reverend Flip Benham, okay? This is a guy who kind of, you know, he's got these two sons who 
fought for Jesus and they they were going to do a TV show and it was going to be a big deal and but they they wouldn't acquiesce to the you know lesbian gay transgender or whatever they call themselves community and and the network came to them and said unless you guys mellow out about that we're not going to do your show and they said all right fine don't do the show you know and flip who who has been a street fighter for Jesus you know you've got an opportunity to come hear him he's an amazing man you know pastor billy crone i mean there's another guy he's a young up and coming you know man of god you know who will be there who you can hear his voice he has one i mean he changed my life one night when i listened to his his interview on a on john b show and he talked about his drone technology thing and for the first time Doug and Joe, for the first time in my life, I heard someone talk about what was going on and all this stuff that they call us conspiracy theorists over. I heard him talk about that and explain it and bring it back to the book of Revelations. You know, the man's incredible. And he's one of the, he's the young guy. He's the guy that's going to come up and show us the way. You know, in L.A. Marzulli, Jeannie and I are so blessed. We live out here, for now at least, until we go away to Idaho here. Um, but we live out here in California near near L.A., and, and we've, we've had the pleasure of having brunch with he and his wife twice, and that man loves Jesus. And he has wonderful insights on things. Josh Tolley. Josh Tolley is, is off the hook amazing. He's another young guy. <laughs> he and his assistant, assistant Brittany, I mean, these guys are just, they're fighters for Jesus. And, you know, I mean, Michael Boldea. What do you oh, say? Yeah. What do you say about Michael Boldea? I mean, well, he's, he's, he's a heck of a I guy. mean, just from the <sighs> show, he, the interview we did on, on this show yeah. with him, he has uh, definitely in, has been inspired by the Holy Spirit to fulfill or walk in his grandfather's footsteps, uh, Dimitri Dudeman. And uh, Dimitri Dudeman was a very uh, important uh, pastor who his word and ministry spread far and wide and his grandson uh it looks like could go further than than what dimitri did oh well you know let, let, let's just let you know i mean let, let's just uh let, let's just uh, call a uh let, let's just call it like it is okay dimitri dudeman found the lord as i understand it came to him and told him to help some refugees on a boat that were trying to smuggle Bibles and then was subjected to, like, the electric chair and didn't die. And then left all that, picked, picked his little grandson up and came to the United States because Jesus told him to do that. Now, i, I got to ask your audience, and, and I even ask myself, if Jesus told me to go to China right now and to to open up a furniture store and to to preach for him would I just like say like okay but Dimitri Dudeman did that and he took Michael Boldea with him and Michael Boldea translated for him and Dimitri trained Michael through the years and groomed him and Michael's young but I'm telling you Michael, I mean, Michael is the man who, in a blog that he did, changed my entire attitude about everything to do 
with Hear the Watchman? Because what he said in that blog was the same thing that people were coming to me and saying. They were saying, you need to take sides with this speaker, or you need to take sides with this speaker. And if you don't take sides with one of these two speakers, then we're not coming. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm just, I'm just the guy that's trying to bring you guys all together. But Michael put it best. He says, I don't take anybody's side but Jesus' side. That's whose side I take. And when I read what he said that night, I'm telling you right now, I, it changed my life. Because you know what? I don't care. You can, you can attack us, and you can attack your The Watchman from behind a computer in China or some other Asian country. You can drudge up my past. You can, you can do everything that you want to do. It's not at all about any of us. Here the Watchman is about Jesus and the love of Jesus. And that's what Michael Dudeman, or, or that's what Michael Boldea did for me. I mean, he, he just, he put me back on a path of clarity. And I think he, you know, when you guys had him on your show, I'm sure he did the same thing to you, right? Yes. Well, Absolutely. he definitely uh, gave us, you know, um, a whole different angle of, and, and way to look at things. And uh, hope that you know seems to to come and go. Uh, he restored that hope. Mike, uh, don't mean to, to cut you short here. We're about fourteen minutes from the top of the hour. Um, if we can, can we get into the the updates of what's going on at yeah, the conference well, so, before we yeah. run out of time? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I got, I got <laughs> y'all fired up, man. Right? Yeah, you. That's your fault. That's all totally your fault. You know. You know we. The gathering is happening, guys. I mean, uh, you know, to everybody that's still on the fence post, let me tell you, uh, get a ticket now if you want to come in person uh, because our, our, our $99 early bird special ends on Monday. The price of the tickets on Monday goes up to $149. Um, anybody wants to know why that is, it's because we have to hire staff after Monday to help us. You know, we just don't have the time anymore to, to, to handle every individual thing. But But most importantly... You know, uh, look, if you can't be there in person, we still want you to experience Hear the Watchman. And with the help of, of a lot of people, but especially John B. Wells and his crew, i got to tell you, these guys, these guys stepped up to the plate and they've really helped us out. We're able to provide live streaming and extended view. And what that means is for, for $29, that's it. $29 for right now. We're going to hold that price as long as we can, I think probably for about until about maybe the, the March 10th, and then it's going to go up to 49 um, But for $29, you can have live streaming right into your home of Hear the Watchman. But not only do you get the live streaming, for seven days after that, so you get a whole other full weekend, you'll get the on-demand view of that. So you can take your time. You can hear everything. It is the next best thing to being there. It really, truly is the, the next best thing. And, and you know, I, I know, uh, you know, I'm so sorry, uh, Doug and Joe, that I, I took extra time uh, t tonight. I, no, I no, no worries. No, no worries. You now, are you going to have... Are you going to have DVDs made up? Because that was one of the other questions. You know, there's two things that we're looking at right now. You know, we are, we are looking at uh, DVDs. 
I mean, there's, there's, we're, we're going to do DVDs. There's, there's no doubt about that. But there's also another piece of technology out now, uh, good technology, not like, you know, Pastor Langford and I have talked about the web and the net and how Satan uses that web and that net to catch us. But, you know, this is good technology where we can put the entire conference on a stick and we can send you that stick and you can plug that stick into your computer and you can watch everything at your at your desire and we're working on those things right now you know you know guys i i, I, I had something have... entirely different in mind when you said put it on a stick but it, <laughs> <laughs> but i i got to tell you guys you know the conference itself i mean we're Jeannie and I are so blessed. We're still we're still in the red, and I know that's hard for people to understand because they say, "Wow, all these people are coming on." You know what? You know, to to do the Lord's work, it kind of takes some money, and and you know, we've given a lot of stuff away. I mean, we've given uh, you know like 120 room nights away to people. You know, we've we've you know it's 99 dollars a night, airfare for people, veterans, for speakers, for everybody to come in. All that stuff. So we're almost there. But we need those people out there to support the entire conference by going on and 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 signing up <laughs> for the live stream. Twenty nine dollars. I, I think you know. Uh, I know once that that I paid like a hundred and thirty dollars to watch some stupid fight that lasted like you know eighty three seconds or something like that. I mean, I, you know, it was nothing. And and uh, and uh, I'll tell you. It, if you if you want and and Doug and Joe you can attest to this the Whitestone Remnant conference was a life-changing experience and I'm telling you if you participate in Hear the Watchman it will change your life and please if you are in the if you are in the local area the Dallas Grapevine or within driving distance of that area or if you have a camper, if you need help and that $99 price for a ticket is holding you back, contact us through our website and we'll do everything we can to help you out. And, and Doug and Joe, God bless both of you. And, and, and we're going to pray for, for Tim tonight and, and all of us that are in this fight. But, you know, we all need to remember that when you work for Jesus, you have the absolute best health and protection plan available and you don't need to worry about anything because it says right in the Bible in the 23rd Psalm I shall fear no evil yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and that particular passage is so abundantly important to me because my father cut that passage out and kept it in his wallet when he fought through the Pacific in World War II and landed in Japan to occupy and when he died, I went to, he carried that passage in his wallet his entire life. And when I went to take that passage out of his wallet and put it in mine, it disintegrated into ashes in my hand. And I'm telling you, if you will pay attention to what the Lord tells us in the Bible, you will fear no evil. And God bless you guys. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I took too much time tonight. No, no, no. You didn't take it. It, it was, was perfect. We appreciate you coming on. We thank you uh, for your work with the conference and all the uh, organizations and everything that you've uh, gone through to put this together. And um, you know, we pray that if it is half as as uh, effective as Whitestone, 
it will change I, the lives of everybody uh, who goes. I think it will, and I thank my wife. I'll tell you what, she's the real hero here, and and we will see you guys in, what is it, 20 days, 20 hours, 54 minutes, and one second. Oh, again, you know, I'm you looking at the countdown. Man? Oh, man, <laughs> because there's so much to, uh, again, there's uh, so much to do. Before then, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, and people have, people have really no they got no idea. Anyway, well, Mike, thank thank you, and thank Jeannie, and and uh, we are looking forward to this the conference. And I, I will just say this: the when I got out, every conference I've been to, and, and folks, I'm I'm saying this to, to to you: every conference I've been to, I've got a lot out of the speakers. I really have. But folks, you've heard the speakers here. You know who I've learned the most from and who I've gotten the most from is the people who attend. When I'm able to, to because we talk, we know we're, our reach is pretty pretty broad here. Um, I, I, and I don't, I don't mean this, I don't care how this sounds, actually. I go to the conferences not necessarily for, now this is me talking for the speakers, although that's like a, a icing on the cake, the, the cake to me. Is the are the people I meet, and and I look in their eyes, and I see God moving through their lives, and I, and I'm so touched by the people who attend. Yeah, it's so humbling. I, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, I've been amen. changed by the, by the by the. So many people yes. have come up to me and Joe at, at at the conferences and said, you know, we listen to you in ten fifteen seconds of conversation, a minute, two minutes. It's like I get it now. I get it. Amen. So thank you. And and and, and you know what? The bottom one last. The bottom line is, like you've said so eloquently, Doug, <laughs> is it's time to saddle for battle. Get up Amen. off the couch for Jesus. Yep. You know that's where we're that's at. Right, Come right. to Dallas. Get up off the couch. You know, if you can't go to that live stream, do 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 what you got to do. But be there, be a part of the Lord, be a part of what's going on in the world, and get saved. Amen, brother. God bless you. Amen. Thanks for your time tonight, man. Oh, hey, and, God and, bless. Thank both of you guys, and, and God bless. You know, right. Joe. God bless you too. Good night. Give your wife a hug, Jeannie. I will. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Have a great night. You know, now, folks, that was Mike from uh, the conference organizer with him, with Jeannie, his wife, of Here the Watchman, coming up in 20 days. Uh, I, seriously, I looked at that uh, that countdown clock. I know we we've got a lot of things to do. Actually, I've got uh, I've got two or three meetings in and around Dallas before that, um, unrelated to the conference, but related to the program. Oh my goodness! I, so I, I, I could feel it when when you saw that, <laughs> and it thinking, oh. resonant, and, and when it clicked in your mind the time frame, you know, I could feel the not anxiety but the no, no you the shock. Yeah, my my wife came to the office today, my office, and and uh, she, um, I forgot some stuff for my or for a lady, the studio dog who was with me, and she brought some stuff, and she said, well, you know, here's the schedule for Monday. I'm thinking, okay, Monday, you know, I mean, everyone's going to be there, what, Thursday, right? Thursday? Yes. Okay. And I'm thinking Monday, well, and then I looked at the date, and I'm thinking, oh, oh my goodness, this is, I'm not sure we can get everything done, but uh, I'm so anxious to, to meet everyone there, and the, who's going to be there, and of course, I'm so proud to, to bring um, 
to have with us, uh, and hopefully I'm not going to be too, hopefully they're not going to be embarrassed, but uh, my uh, youngest daughter, uh, Jackie, um, is going to be with us, as well as Eric, the tech. Uh, Rhonda is going to be there, and I believe J.D. from Neptune Diaries is going to be there, Rhonda as well, you know, as I mentioned. Um, so our family is, all of our family is going to be there. Yeah, and, can't wait um, to meet them in person as well as everybody else who attends. Yeah, it's yeah. so humbling when we go to these uh, events just yeah. to be able to, to take time and, and speak to the people who are out there, who are listeners, who are um, spiritually, morally invested in, in this world as much as we are and want nothing more than to see uh, the Lord's plans and His church uh to continue to grow and, and grow together. Amen. And I want to say thank you to Bob and Maggie. I got an, an email from Bob, Bob and Maggie, and Bob and Maggie are, are just t- tremendous people. And uh, uh, the content of the email is not important, but but you know it's it's people like Bob and Bob and Maggie and others who who are are, are in the trenches with us daily. Uh, well, one of the emails there are two emails. One of the emails, Chris Ann Hall is going to be on our program. I believe it's going to be on the seventh of March. Uh, at least for a half hour, I was able to get her on for a half hour. And folks, if you don't know who Chris Ann Hall is, she's a constitutional attorney that, that travels all around. And she was just, uh, uh, named by the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center, as a, uh, um, as an enemy of the state, basically. Um, not the correct term. Uh, she's on the hate list, of course. We should give her an award. Uh, well, we're going to be talking to her about that. Um, and, and, and uh, without, I mean, we are, we were named, I think, I believe it was on Right Wing Watch or something like it that. It was, as, uh, as Southern Party Law Center Hate Watch. Okay. And then suddenly our names disappeared. So I don't know how that happened, but. No, it's still up there. Uh, are they? It's yeah. only, it's one, uh, mention's been taken away. The only mention that's up there now is something that a, a guest said on our show, Jim Garrow, in reference to Obama, Bathhouse, Barry. Oh well, we had you know citing our show as the platform. Look, we had Larry Sinclair on our program. Larry Sinclair, if you don't know who he is, he's a homosexual who who is who is verified in he he signed affidavits and said, look, I had sex with Barack o- Barack Hussein Obama in the back of a limousine when he was a, a state senator mm-hmm. in Chicago. Uh, he and and. He did drugs with them and, and so on. He's one of four so, people, the only one left alive, who is part of the uh, that's right the church and the uh, of Jeremiah Wright. When we come back, COINTELPRO, techniques for dilution, misdirection, control, media. and in the larger sense of the threat. Go ahead, new media exploitation, uh, the new world order. Hang on, where we're going to go from here? It's going to get much deeper, much greater, much quicker. Be right back. Welcome back to this segment of the Hagman Hagman Report. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug and Joe Hagman here. Um, I want to thank each and every one of you for um, uh, for sticking with us uh, over the top of the hour here. For, uh, I want to extend the thanks to Mike uh, about here, the watchman, to uh, lay out the uh, 
kind of lay out the the, uh, the foundation for that conference. Looking forward to meeting each and every one of you. We are working, folks, um, and and we're trying to get as many people who have reached out to us and says, you know, I just we've got one person who who said, look, I've got cancer, and this is probably the last trip I can possibly take, and. Uh, we're trying to get that person there. So, you know, I mean, so there's a lot of stuff going on, and, and we really feel for the people. But I really meant it when I said that I, I, I think more than anything, um, to be able to meet you, I'm talking to you now, who the, the people who are going to go there, and just to meet you, I, I think that to me is, is the most moving and the most important. Because when we were at Whitestone and, and when I met the people, and, and it might seem like, wow, geez, he only talked to me for like you know two three minutes or a minute. You know, I I can I, even today I talked to my wife about the meetings, the people I met, the people we've met, and the sacrifices that were made, especially to get to Bozeman back then, um, horseback, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that there were some burrows that were used uh, by people to get up there, given the location. Um, not the easiest place to get to, and. And uh, anyway, it is but, a, a, a like I said, a um, the most humbling experience to be yeah. able. I mean, um, it's uh, you, you feel undeserving that people want to talk to you and meet you, and and yeah. how appreciative and nice they are. Um, it, you walk away with a, a rejuvenated spiritual uh, sense, right? We do. Now, now here's uh, a couple of things. I know Joe's got got topics of his own to get into. Look, we're not going to get into the the um, the different aspects of the of, of of the political spectrum only because, uh, frankly, you can turn on any network television channel or any news uh, talk show. <laughs> I'll sum it up in one sentence: uh, chaos in the presidential race. Uh, it's just chaos and pandemonium and backstabbing and yeah. political theater. Well, here are a few things that I do want to warn people about. And, and this, uh, after after hearing the situation with Tim Alberino, and just to recap that, folks, uh, Tim Alberino and his family uh, almost died this week. They're, uh, uh, and I'm only reporting this. Uh, I knew about this pretty much within within an hour or two after it happened from Steve Quayle, who of course is good friends with uh with Tim and he said, Don't tell anyone please, you know, that there's stuff going on and, and we didn't and didn't say a word, knew about it yesterday. And um uh the only thing I can say right now, Steve and I'm the only reason I'm talking about it now is because there's a report on uh, an alert on Steve's website talking about the situation. The only thing I can say is there was, in my view, a very real, legitimate attempt to kill his family, him and his family. Yeah, that's what you okay. mean by almost died. There were, yes. um, nobody was, was harmed. No, they were harmed. Oh, okay. okay. But, but they, when I say, I just can't get into the details. Again, the reason being, this is an ongoing police investigation, and to get into the details would certainly, um, I'm just not. I'm just not allowed to do that. Okay. Um, all I can just say is this: it's not some, um, you know, overhyped situation. It's something that uh, it could it could very well happen. Well, I mean, it could happen to anyone in terms of the the um, 
the method, but um, and it does happen to people, you know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just keep keep Tim his his family in your prayers, please. I just ask you, and, and every watchman. And that brings me to the second point. I received a, a number of emails, or significant two is significant to me of people saying, "Look, um, there are things that have happened," and I'm not going to get into specifics because that gives the opponents, the opposition, the ideas, but. Um, in addition to tarnishing reputations or attempting to tarnish reputations, I use the example of, you know, hey, uh, somebody's a, a, a pedophile or someone's a wife beater or whatever to, to overcome that in the public perception. And a lot of times perception to many becomes reality. And we ran into this, at least I ran into this a lot in the investigative uh, venue where, um, if it, where perception becomes reality, do not fall. Do not, any anything that you hear about people, whether it be guests of ours or us or friends or colleagues, and, and it's a, it's in the negative realm. Please double and triple check before you take it and say, "Oh my goodness, there's there's something here," because there is right now a COINTELPRO. Uh, a variety of COINTELPRO techniques which are being employed against the uh, alternative media. Now, I'm going to go just, and, I'm going to take off here and just give you the techniques. Like to news watch events for. Um, and, and the uh, information we get over mainstream media, people do have a tendency to hear or believe what they hear without verifying things. Sure. And, or even worse, what happens. A lot of times, and, and this is what I found out that's just so crazy. A lot of times, um, somebody will get only, they'll, they'll, they'll hear a true statement, or a statement might be true, but it's, it's with, it lacks the necessary context. And, and of course, when that happens, um, if you don't understand the entire story, then you don't understand the, then you're not going to even understand what's going on. So, just just bear in mind that that there's a full core press out there to to vilify the truth tellers now how's this being done and and this comes directly from a source that I have and they pulled out the stops when I say they I'm talking about the government and I'm just going to be very quick about this but please pay attention because um this is what this is the playbook they're using right now this is fresh as of 3 hours ago and I was told to to pay attention to this these techniques are not necessarily new but they have been refined. And when I say refined, I mean they are now in use against the people who are either behind the camera, behind the microphone, behind the printed word, those people who are involved in the conservative, Christian conservative movement, those people who are involved in, in every aspect of attempting to expose the deeds of darkness. Very quickly. And, and but, but please, uh, pay attention, okay? I, I will use, here's as an example, I'll use this, whether it be a chat room or a forum on the internet. Because a lot of, a lot of our, and I've seen this a lot, and I've, a lot of people who have written us saying, I've seen this news or this information on a forum specifically. Okay. Let's talk about forums just for a moment, whether it be a, a conservative forum website or a, 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 a progressive liberal website. It doesn't matter. The, the technique the techniques are the same uh 
But here are here is exactly what the government operatives. I'm not talking about bots now. I'm talking about people behind keyboards. Here is what they've been hired to do and are doing, and here's how they are doing it. And I'm going to use the example again as an internet forum or even an internet chat room. Um, there are several techniques for the control and manipulation, for example, of a forum, no matter what or who is hosting that forum. So let's just say you've got um, Christianity Today. I don't even know if that's a real thing in terms of a forum. All right. And uh, there's postings being made by reputable individuals in the in the Christian venue. All right. There's there's such a thing called forum sliding. That's a technique called forum sliding. Think about this. If there is a sensitive posting of a critical nature, an important news event that is posted on a forum, it can be removed very quickly from public view. It could get buried through this technique of forum sliding, which is a technique that these keyboard warriors use. That What they do is they post a number of unrelated topics. They quietly preposition these topics on the forum and age down the, the deliberately age down and prematurely the actual critical post. So the po- if a person comes out and says, watch out, the TPP is, uh, for example, is is undergoing this particular event, or the um, or this, uh, or, or or it doesn't matter. You get the idea. Each uh, each of these posts are, are are aged down because of the new posts, and and these people, the keyboard warriors, are very careful to watch the times that these are published. Okay, so a lot of this happens, for example. In the dark of night, in the, and when um, uh, after hours, after people have gone to bed, so someone may post a story at five o'clock in the afternoon. When a person wakes up at uh, seven o'clock, we'll say and, and checks that form. It's not the, the, the posting, the critical posting is no longer there. Now, each of the, these misdirectional forum postings can. Uh, what happens is they're, they're triggered and it causes a forum slide and the topic slides down, ages off. Now there's a second requirement that's, uh, several fake accounts might exist and are created by the, the trolls, the perpetrators. And we see this a lot. Yes. And then they can be called upon to ensure that, that there is plausible deniability. In other words, it's not the same person posting and posting. You've got, yep several fake accounts like the twitter followers for very much hillary clinton or obama um that what was it 4.5 or 45 million fake followers whatever that number was just 19.5 on obama which does represent a specific number but go on and they use uh they have technology that allows computers to work um with a human uh, through an algorithm to speak and and comment like a human being would and to make statements they have computers that can write sitcoms right now so that's true that's very true they don't even need the cyber warriors per se they have the, the fusion centers which hold you know the huge databases of computer networks 
where they can, you know, create programs to uh, electronically harass anybody and everybody they want to in any amount of intensity they want to with no way to stop them or identify them. No. I wrote about this. I wrote about some of these techniques, or I wrote about the the birthing of these teams, and there were only a a few hundred of them. Uh, This is back, I believe it was 2011, at HomelandSecurityUS.com. But what what happens is you'll have, again, just to to recap this one technique of forum sliding, you'll have uh, fake accounts created, replying to uh, prepositions, Prepositioned postings by other uh, accounts, and pretty soon you've got. And the, the replies will be, for example, totally unrelated and without any use whatsoever to the to the critical post. And it slides off the front of the page quickly out of public view. And it's difficult, if not impossible, for the owner of that particular forum to censor what is taking, you know, uh, censor what, uh, uh, or not censor, but to manage this activity. The There's also something called consensus cracking, okay? Now, this is an interesting technique. It's a highly effective technique. You can see it many in, in many uh um, on many forms, which is, again, it's called consensus cracking. To develop a consensus crack, I'll explain what how this is done. Under the guise of a fake account, posting, uh, or a posting is made that looks legitimate and even contains elements, for example, of the truth, but the critical point is that it has a very weak premise without without any substance proof being made back to the um, uh, back to the posting in other words there is an allegation without any an allegation that, that contains no evidentiary value right and this is done for a reason um, you know citing Cass Sunstein's uh, paper conspiracy theory talking about creating you know po- uh, widespread conspiracies um, among uh, different f- groups and factions, especially on the internet, uh, with they say under what conditions, and they say, you know, there's many controversies, analytics, and philosophy. We take no final stand, but what we need to do is uh, create the uh, as many conspiracy theories as possible in order to basically map the cognitive functions of how the they are dealt with in the brain and how people identify or connect the dots and how to misdirect them from doing so. How to steal the information and uh, just take the truth and fill it with so much lie that even though you found the truth, you believe you, f- you haven't. That's correct. That's correct. Now, I'm going to break script for a moment and refer back to my February... Um, actually, it was... My goodness, it was uh, almost three years ago to the day, February 6, 2013, posting at com, where I interviewed my source, and my source was stated the following. Um, two days after the inauguration of Obama for his second term, at exactly 7 o'clock in the morning on January 23rd, something called the Cyber Warriors for Obama Project was activated. Okay. Was that uh, also a file that was held by Biden 
at a press conference? Was there a no, picture? Okay. No, no, that that was something different, but closely okay. related. All right. Now, according to my source, he heard he heard about this the week after the election was completed, but only saw a hard copy draft hard copy draft in late December. This this project is being paid for through funds from Obama's political corporation, which is a 501c4 uh, uh, organization called Organizing for Obama. Now, there, my source saw a white three-ring three ring binder with, on the outside of the binder, it had Obama's circular campaign logo imprinted on the outside with, with the name Cyber Warriors for Obama printed in blue across the top. And I'm giving this information because there's, you know, it's important to, to understand here that this is not something that was done at, at your uh, local Kinko's or whatever the place might be now. All right. So. Inside this binder were the names and email addresses of 3,575 well, 3, warriors, cyber assets as they were called, listed in alphabetical order under about a dozen or so team leaders. From a separate sheet that my source was shown, most of these assets were being paid just over minimum wage, and they work from home, and they have no overhead. They are... There's about two dozen or so supervisors at that time who, of course, made substantially more. Now, um, it was a tabbed binder, and in one section, the word targets, there was a section called targets, and it was, it was a tabbed section. And it had a list of religious websites, websites that were decidedly Christian. Another mm-hmm. section was a listing of conservative, conservative yeah, conservative internet sites, politically, that is. There was another tab with the label problem sites that was extensive. And then that, that tab was broken down into, uh, birther sites, pro-gun sites, or pro-second amendment sites, and anti-abortion sites, in addition to many others. Yeah. Okay. Now. There's a section of the usual sites of CNN, ABC, CBS, and so on, and numerous email addresses were conspicuous underneath each news organization that also included Fox, meaning, and, and the reason this was included in there was not as, not because they were enemies, but to form this this wall against the alternative news. I, I know, Joe, you've got some information about some backroom dealings between Cruz and Rubio that we're going to get into shortly. Yeah, there was uh, some some things going on with the debate yesterday. Um, what happened was the uh, two presidential candidate hopefuls, uh, during a commercial break, shook hands behind Donald Trump's back and with an open mic... Um, they said they tag team Donald Trump at the debate and were spotted shaking hands behind the businessman's back during the commercial break. CNN hosted the debate in Houston, shared images of the moment on Friday morning showing Cruz and Rubio stepping away from their le- uh, lectures to shake hands with uh, each other while Trump and Ben Carson remained at their microphones. Now, what was basically uh, done here, or is said to have been done, is... They made a pact. Um, Trump. They made a pact to go against Trump together, and they're going to support each other. Um, Cruz has been, you know, attacking Trump 
painting him as a liberal and an ongoing, uh, you know, businessman fraud. And Rubio has been, um, you know, trailing in the polls. Its campaign is very disappointing as far as the numbers are concerned. So they're joining forces against Trump, hoping through the uh, partnership they can com- combine take him down, because individually they can't. And it's not because Trump's too smart or he has all the answers or right answers. He doesn't. He just says what the people like to hear. He knows how to entertain, but do so in a way that's effective. Because of what he actually says he would follow through with, there would be changes and progress in this country. But in order to get elected, you have to make outlandish promises, kind of like Obama. Well, it, but he kept correct. good on some of those promises, like the fundamental transformation of America. But, 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 and here's why this is important, because we always say, well, the right-left paradigm is dead, and this is all theater. But here's why theater is so extremely important right now. In order for the power structure that is behind the faces that we see on television, they must convince everybody, and I'm not talking about our audience, now I'm talking to our audience, but what I'm saying is to you, our audience, the very people who you are trying to convince that things are not the way they're supposed to be, that things are, are, are this is all just a sham, okay, that, that everything you see is, 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 is nothing but an illusion. They are working, the powers behind the faces are working to make sure that you cannot win an argument because perception is reality. Everything seems to be fine. So look, even there's fighting on the theatrical stage. Yes, there is. So it's so important. That appearance of normalcy has got to be maintained as long as possible. Think about this. Go back to the sinking of the Titanic and, and think remember well you don't remember but uh, but but those people who have uh, who understand the titanic thought all right you know it can't be that bad the band is still playing we still have the crew members say reassuring passengers there are lifeboats uh, yes but there was order there was this this eerie order among this unbridled chaos almost it almost sounds contradictory but I guess what I'm saying to you is the powers behind the faces are working so hard to convince you that you're crazy because look around you, everything seems normal, so it has to be normal. That's why you cannot convince your, 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 I don't know, your, uh, your, brother-in-law for example that that things are not the way they seem and uh that's that's why that's exactly the reason behind uh this this appearance of of uh what would you call it the theatrics the political theatrics we've got to get we've got to keep it appearing normal i mean look at joe biden's gonna introduce lady gaga at the oscars okay i I mean well that's just yeah an example of the strange union we have in this country and the elite, satanic elite and their, I mean, Lady Gaga, what does she have to do with politics? What is the vice president doing at the Oscars introducing a, a Lady Gaga, a demonically inspired artist who talks about birthing a new race 
and 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 mate and having sex with demons. But but see, it 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 again, in its in its insidious nature. Well, it, things must be normal because otherwise they'd be trying too hard, you know, to 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 um, uh, go the other direction. I guess what you know, the the bottom, the end line here, end result here, is this appearance of normalcy that's so important. But, but when, when I mentioned consensus, going back to the script, consensus cracking, for example, on internet forums and discussions that you, every, I'm sure, just about every one of our audience members gets into, it's an it's an effective technique. Um, where where a person under the guise let's say of a fake account a posting is made which looks legitimate and, and does contain elements of the truth but the critical point is that, that it has a very weak premise and, and there is really no uh, substantial proof or it has it lacks the evidentiary value to back what the poster is saying so once this is done then um under alternative fake accounts, a very strong position in the favor of that posting, and it could be yours, is slowly introduced over the life of the posting. So it's imperative that both sides, even though they're initially, well, it's imperative that both sides are presented, but, but, and maintained over the life of the posting, uh, so that the person, the uninformed person, cannot determine, well, the truth at all, right? You, you see, right? And it's the uninformed reader will most likely develop the same position that the consensus crack posting uh, if it is developing. In other words, um, it seems. How can I put this? It seems logical. It seems. It sounds right. It reads right. So therefore, it must be right. When in fact, the element of the truth is missing, and, and it's it's just a mere consensus as opposed to uh, a re- relevatory fact or what, what have you. So and, go ahead. and this is you know product of of again going back to Cass Sunstein's conspiracy theories. They talk about the uh, how to uh, use conspiracy theories and. Uh, not only use them but create them and the consequences of creating a a, a bunch of false conspiracy theories is to uh, foster confusion and it produces systematic errors in the context of outcomes that are a product of social interactions among numerous peoples with different belief systems and it, these consequences are significant it can drive market forces or evolutionary pressures they say and they said that this is not a simple chance, rather it's somebody's plan. Uh, and it goes on to say, you know, that um, people generally overlook possibilities uh, of coincidence rather than random, uh, things being random. And it's a matter of human psychology. But most people like to believe that significant events were caused by chance than prefer they That's were. That's correct. That's correct. And so they will... These, uh, they go on to say a, a broader point is that conspiracy theories overestimate the competence and discretion of officials and bureaucracies who are assumed to be able to make and carry away uh, any truths that are put out in public. In the and, public and, and I want to thank BR for, um, from North Dakota for sending in an email saying what you're describing is what I've seen on 
just about every news source from the Washington, well, just about every news source reporting on the on the death of Antonin Scalia, where the, the there was this consensus cracking as well as as uh, forum slotting, but most importantly, topic dilution, which I'm going to get into here momentarily, meaning to say uh, about the death of Antonin Scalia. So, in other words, the the news story is reported. Then there are the sections for comments and questions and and. Folks, there there have been analytics done on the importance of the the uh, of, of the uh, uh, commentary section, the comment section. Some comments can get up to, into the almost ten thousand, for example, depending on the site and depending on the on the uh, subject. But what happens is, once you start asking questions that are legitimate questions about the news story issues, for example, Anton Scalia. Uh, what you know was the pillow over the head? Where was it? That type of thing, or or you name the topic. Well, there will uh, and you can you can see this happen in real time. And again, Br, thank you from North Dakota for for pointing this out. These individuals, the the, uh, the posters will come in, often under fake accounts, under the guise of uh, sliding disinformation with real fa- real facts and linked postings. And what they will do is slide the critical. Uh, questions downward, age them off, and also um, use the very effective uh, topic dilution by. And this is also uh, cause. This is also called uh, uh, resource burn. It's it's by implementing continual and non-related postings that distract and disrupt, which is really, I guess, by definition, trolling the forum readers as they. Is they have to wade through this minefield of BS, this gossip mode, and and this the stuff that has nothing to do with anything, in, until the misdirection is so so intense, the facts are have slid so far down, the uninformed conjecture and opinion, in total opposition to the the truth, is suddenly just is, is just gone, but you can you can identify this through. Um, the proper assessment of the postings. And the reason, and you might think, well, none of this is important. No, it is because this is the undergirding of the social conditioning that is taking place all across the United States today. Mm-hmm. Okay, and all across the Western world. When you have a subject like the death of Antonin Scalia, and you ask questions about the various issues, and this is a perfect example. Three years ago, I I pointed this out that these particular cyber assets of this regime, not just of Obama, but this regime of people around them, have been employing these techniques to hide the truth. Any any and every. Uh, piece of information of value is handled this way, and you can see it. It's it's the, it's like fingerprints at a crime scene. And just a, a few quick quotes uh, from Psalm uh, Proverbs fifteen: "The tongue of the wise useth knowledge all right, but the mouth of the fools poureth out foolishness. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish do not so. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness." And that, that, that's a that's a very good scriptural reference. 
Now, a lot of times there are, and you have to watch because, again, when you're looking at like uh, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, or even the Blaze, I mean, name, you know, and especially I'll even say the Blaze. Uh, Alex Jones has the, the problem. Okay, um, this is why we don't have commentary on, on our website, only because it is it it it, it, it propagates this technique. Now you might again you might think this is not that this should be nothing more than a footnote in our in our program here. But when you understand how the social conditioning is uh working in order to create this false paradigm for all of us and this is why it's difficult for you to be able to convince, for example, those people in, in your circle of, of friends and influence that things are not okay. That that Scalia could have been uh, uh the victim of foul play. And, but merely asking that question subjects you to these techniques by the very people I spoke about three years ago, or I shouldn't say more, more specifically by the very people who my source had told me were hired and put into action in January of 2013. Now, uh, of course, there were people before that, but we're talking this official uh, cyber assets program to that they've been instructed to infiltrate web forms, collect screen names, avatars, and posters, taglines, and attempt to resolve these to their actual identities. Now, over the last three years, and since I was told this, the um, the objective to divert, disrupt, and destroy has been refined and now it's there's use of of uh, uh algorithms that mm-hmm. are are being employed as well and that brings me to the fourth technique which is information collection and this is a very effective method to determine the psychological level of the forum members or the posters who are adding information to the articles the stories in the comment section to gather intelligence that could be used against them. Trust me when I tell you these they are collecting this information. Uh, so in this technique, in a light and positive environment um, kind of a uh, hey, you know what? Let's just open a dialogue is is or or a, a very contrite or a very interesting I don't even know how to put it they appear to be your friend but they're not okay yeah. uh, from the number of replies and the answers that are provided much statistical information can be gathered so here's an example let's say uh, an example is to post for example your favorite weapon now I'm talking about let's say a, a forum that talks about guns all right and then encourage other other people uh, members of that forum to do the same to, to showcase what they have now don't fall for this and there's a very very well-known website that that has this this very oh my goodness this very technique about Showing your gold and silver, okay. Mm. Um, but when you do that, think about this: post your favorite weapon, encourage other members of the forum to showcase theirs, and in this matter, it can be de- it can be determined by reverse. Well, it can be determined ultimately how yeah. many members own a firearm, what they are, and of course. You know, it could be an illegal weapon. In you take joke. a picture of, of a firearm and post it anywhere on the internet, or even send it to somebody else. That picture has data inside of it. Well, that, it's a metadata right yeah, to the that images. Will right. tell the uh, person who knows where to look for that data when the picture was taken, where the picture was taken, who it was sent to. You know, every and anything they need. 
That's right. And uh, the, uh, once more, the reason that this is so important is because there is this information collection taking place. And I was talking with uh, Eric Artek, um earlier, and, and he's got some really interesting studies that he's done, research that he's done, folks. Eric the Tech is one of the most, uh, in my view, one of the, one of the most intelligent people when it comes to items of a technical nature. And, uh, you know, he, he was pointing out certain aspects of this and saying, now, now look, now, now watch these, watch these, uh, uh, forums, watch these threads of conversations and, and watch how information is being collected. Now, and I can hear people out there saying, well, Doug, you know, Facebook does this and, and we've known about this. That's correct. You've known about this, but what you, what, what, the, the, and I'm not saying that this is anything new. I, what I'm saying is while you're looking, and we, we, we had a, um, we had a saying in the investigative business basically. It's, it's what you don't see coming is what's going to really, really mess up your day. All right. Mm-hmm. Because we've done certain, and I'm giving you an example. For example, we might be in a, in a contractor's style van or that's parked you know, on the side of a street in Brooklyn and it's been there for two or three days and, you know, it's, it's, it looks, uh, it looks like it's supposed to be there and you're looking out a certain window and I mean, you're, you're so focused that, you know, you're focused on the subject of the investigation and the surveillance type of, of action that, you know, you are like, I mean, you've got, you're zeroed in and what happens is, the, you're looking as well for threats from that vicinity. You know, for example, could there be a threat coming at you? Could you be, maybe you were made and, and that person or the subject you're looking at could be, uh, uh, you know, coming after you. But it's the neighbor that you don't see that's three or four or five doors behind you that, that, you know, has the problem with you and all of a sudden the back doors open up and, and, you know, you're, you've got company. All right. Now that's a, a wild example. Has it happened? Yes. And it's usually because of operator error on our part. But the, but the bottom line is we're trying to tell you is, yeah, Facebook, we know, we know Facebook is a collection. And, and you just, yes, it's a collection. And listen to this headline from Market Watch. Mark Zuckerberg, want world peace? Share more info on Facebook. <laughs> Sharing on Facebook and world peace go hand in hand, or so says Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook. Facebook mission and what we really focus on is giving everyone the power to share all the things that they care about, um, and it goes on from there. They're saying that what they're thinking about doing, experiencing on a day-to-day basis is the idea everyone has the power to share Information that makes the world more understanding. It helps people to stay closer to who they love and all these good things that we have have value. And it goes on to say this message seems to be taken to heart by Islamic State despite efforts to exclude the group from Facebook's big happy family. But they're saying, uh, you can create world peace through sharing of information. They're laying a foundation here. And surely world peace will not come if everybody in the world starts posting on Facebook. And, and and this is kind of the lead up, the foundation to what you're, what you're talking about. Because again, people might say this, look, I'm tired of the, shut up already. We know this, but no, the, the tech, uh, identify the techniques, but also understand you, 
what you where 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 the threat the the biggest threat is where the where you least expect it. All right, um, and, and you might think, well, hey, look, I'm too smart to fall for this kind of stuff. Well, there, there's there's something that, uh, and I'm going to turn this over to you for your uh, expose on what you just said. But understand that uh, understand that uh, uh, we all we all fall for anger trolling. Okay, there's something. There's always a percentage of, of people who post things, whether to a news story, or on a chat in a chat room, or in a in a forum, who are more inclined to violence. We'll say now, in order to to determine who these individuals are, it's a requirement to present an image to the forum and the members of this community, this this cyber community, to deliberately instart, incite a strong psychological reaction. From the most violent in the group, um, or from this, the most violent in the group can be effectively singled out for reverse IP location and even potentially a law enforcement uh, tracking. Now, to uh, to accomplish this, only requires posting a link to a video, uh, for example, depicting a local police officer abusing his power. And we've seen this happen. We understand when you respond to these things, you are being tracked. Trust me when I tell you this, you were being tracked, all right, because yeah. it is that. But statistically, the million or so police officers in this country, um, you, you know, I mean, we, we don't see it. It's only a small percentage, but but this particular method named anger trolling is extremely effective in roping people into situations where they will uh, say something, write something that will deem them a threat to public safety and therefore yeah. will be put on the list and you're, you're, it's over with. They call this the needlework or weaving of linguistics. That's it is true. a cruel uh, longing to weary one through uh, a deceitful nature. And they do so by presenting uh, lies, disinformation, and you know, trickery, and you know, magic or or um, evil, uh, if you will, just the the uh, evil practices of of black magic. And they create uh, the mix of the terrible information with the. Uh, ignorant information in order to leave the mind poor they want your mind to be poor like uh my bank account <laughs> they want us to be not only morally bankrupt not only spiritually bankrupt but intellectually in- incapacitated they uh not only that the part you mentioned about the anger the fostering and fomenting the anger of the people that's right they're you know when Russ Dizdar talks about rituals and the um, child sacrifices and the sacrifices, how they how it is done. So adrenaline flows through the blood of the person, then the person is killed, and the people drink the blood and, and take their energy from these people through the adrenaline. This is they are doing the same thing in a uh, invisible way, if you will. A very to harvest way. our energy, and then they're turning it back on us. And and we we can give you hundreds of examples, but just think of the ones we've been talking about recently. You have uh, a group of believers who believe in Jesus Christ, who are prayer warriors, Bible readers, 
and you talk about an issue like the rapture, and they turn against each other like they're in a civil war. Where does that come from? How can you go from uh, loving somebody unconditionally to when the, a disagreement arises, now they're your sworn enemy? Right. That's not by that's not how the brain works, nor is it human nature. You know, they say you know uh, when they talk about their new world order, they talk about the laws of nature, but they've manipulated those laws. They, and, they have, and they are. I mean, they're okay. Let me just briefly interrupt you here. Um, are, are you you want you want to take what you've got to the end of the hour? Or top of the hour, or do you want to flip, or do you want to hit it when you get back? When we get back, on yeah, the... we can hit it when we get back. Okay, because the only thing I want to say about this, and, and, and you're I right on the money, add to what you're, yeah, keep. Uh, well, and and here's the reason I, I the reason I want to make sure people know about these COINTELPRO techniques of subversion is this: there are, there are many many forums right now, many news stories where people, especially Christian conservatives are on the line putting their names and putting their comments into the comment section of news stories. Now, these are being tracked. I'm not saying don't comment. I'm not saying that at all. But watch what you say and watch how you can be identified. The issues right now that are being used, for example, to push us into this subjugation and, and ultimately uh, being put on a red list, for example, are the, the political issues, especially the political issues right now. And again, this is not to say don't comment. This is not to just recognize when you are personally being gamed because we're game, being gamed as a larger population. In addition to the, for example, in addition to the Trump versus Cruz and Trump versus Sanders and Hillary versus Sanders or any combination thereof, understand that there are more issues and even more insidious less obvious issues that when you comment or say something and this this applies to Facebook and it also applies to Twitter not so much Twitter but Facebook in particular issues that are being used against each and every one of us folks listen uh, any talk about climate change and global warming, any talk about overpopulation, any talk about mass I- invasion of illegal immigrants into the West or into Western Europe, the lack of border control, a universal education as a main tenet for the UN's world police or world peace plan, um, the loss of privacy. If you if you espouse um, uh, the loss of privacy, it, be, it being a problem. Um, the uh the 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 um creation of the United States and all of the West as a battlefield against ISIS against Islamic terrorism that's not to say there is none but to have it declared as such and then have you or you saying it is not constitutional therefore puts you on that list and also pro constitution such as comments about and uh, specific comments about uh for example Ted Cruz his uh, lack of uh, natural-born citizenship, lack of constitutional eligibility to become president, um, and so on. I could go on, but those are the main areas right now where this group of of, of warriors, uh, the cyber assets, are uh, pushing and, and are going after these are after individuals. The yeah. lists are growing, folks. And the the last thing I want to say about this is we are being identified, and it's not. It's, it goes far beyond the Southern Poverty Law Center. We are there's such data mining going on right now, and there is mm-hmm. now 
and and I tr- I believe this to be really from mid year 2016 into September, October, November, one of the most dangerous times in the history of this country, because the very people who are on record as being pro constitutional, anti abortion, or an- just basically anti one world government, will in fact be um, the crunch will begin. Yes, the, the the pushback will begin. And it'll be subtle at first, gradual at first, and then sudden at the end. And I'm talking about, oh, you might not be able to get your you move and you might not be able to get your utilities converted. You might not be able to get that car loan that you need. You might not be able to get that mortgage because of some problem. You might have a problem with the IRS. You, you know what else? You might You might happen to show up on a no-fly list somewhere. You might be classified as a um, extremist based on Christian, Christian fundamentalist uh, uh, beliefs. Everything that we're seeing right now is the run-up to an antichrist central world government that is coming and it is being finalized right now. And of course, we are looking at. Um, no, this is what we're looking at. And I will just say this in closing, folks, that. You know, you might think, well, boy, that's an hour I'm not going to get back in, in, uh, um, that's an hour I'm not going to get back. I know all that stuff, but think about what I said, because think about that, not in the context of what you already know, but think about it in, in ways, in angles that you really didn't think about initially. And I'm talking about, uh, oh, one more thing that's extremely important that, uh, that I was going to mention before, before, uh, before this. There are people out there who have been, um, there are individuals out there, especially in the, in the higher echelons of society, who are reporting, <laughs> who are reporting back to what I've heard some people call the brown shirts, or, or you know, the, the people who are uh, working for the federal government. Folks, understand that that we are under observation by people who are in the employ of DHS, and you might think that's just who we show me. Show me the money. Show me and the evidence. And it's not just us. It's everybody. Right. Even but, those yeah. of their own side and ideology. Well, understand that, that we are right now treading on some very thin ice. And, you know, you talked to Dave Hodges, and, and we heard it from Dave Hodges this week, for example. And we heard about the, the various things that he had talked about with respect to uh, how close we are. And I do believe, after seeing what I've seen over the last couple of days and putting together this this mass amount of information, that we are closer today than we've ever been to being completely subjugated in manners. And, and I see things coming coming very quickly. And I do see that uh, this Trump, uh, Donald Trump, um, imagine a pit bull with rabies on a leash in a yard, fenced-in yard. Now, I'm not, this is not to disparage at all Donald Trump. Not at all. Okay. As a matter of fact, I, I, he's not, it's not to disparage him at all. But y- you can only control a person. The handlers, for example, if, and I remember dealing with uh, the FBI and, and Department of Justice back in the mid 90s. And if you were an operational or in, uh, informational asset, you were assigned a handler. And I, and I was working, or remember a guy telling me, oh, that's a very offensive term. I don't like that. Okay. Offensive term, handler? Well, right, right. So if you're an informational or operational asset for either the FBI or Justice Department, you are assigned a handler. 
that person is is tasked to manage you. All right. Yeah. So, and but imagine Trump having handlers or crews or, or let's talk about Obama instead, uh, having handlers and. And let's think about Obama being a rabid dog uh, on a leash inside a, inside a fence yard, and having handlers. Well, the handlers, uh, you know, the rabid dog might break that leash, but he's still within that yard. Now, when he gets out of that yard, out of that fence yard, then you've got a problem because you can't control what you cannot contain, just like you cannot control what you cannot monitor. Yeah. And this is what we're seeing right now today in the political arena. I hope that makes sense. And, you know, um, speaking of Obama, he expanded yesterday the NSA's uh, sharing of data intercepts. The Obama administration is on the verge of permitting the NSA to share more of the private communications it intercepts with other American intelligence agencies without first applying any privacy protections to them. The change would relax longstanding Restrictions on access to content of phone calls, emails. The security agency vacuums up around the world, including bulk collection of satellite transmissions, communications. The idea is to let more experts across American intelligence gain direct access to unprocessed information, increasing chances they can recognize any possible nuggets of value. It also means officials will be looking at private messages of not only foreigners, but every American's personal information, relevant or not. That's right. And we all know this. Anything, for example, if the um, if there's any leg- or current uh, legislation being proposed for an expansion of surveillance technology or surveillance, it's already there, folks. Understand, there's nothing that you can do, nothing that you can do that has not already been done in terms of uh, hiding your... You cannot hide your communications. Unless no way. you don't say or do anything. The only exactly, and, and please understand that the ramifications and what's ahead in the near term on the other side, folks. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug and Joe Hagman reporting to you as stewards. I hope faithful stewards of the truth and searchers of the truth, investigators demanding answers and getting them. And right back. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour of the Hagman and Hagman Report on this Friday. Um, we have been talking about the infiltration of the Internet and alternative media, the intentional, uh, what would you call it, the intentional uh, misleading, the disinformation, the trolling. Uh, you had the terminology in the in the Uh, report you read but these are um, agency government agencies uh, that are working on an agenda 
to break up any type of truth. Now, if we go back to 2009, to the uh, Department of Homeland Security guidance, it lists what possible domestic extremists are, and, you know, what categories, what are their uh, names. Okay, and I just want to add this. That was 2009, you said, right? Right. Okay. And they've it, since it, continued to build on Right. That. March 2013, there's a document, folks, and you can search this out. Please, in fact, please do this. March 2013, it's called Watch Listing Guidance. Okay. All right, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to read from Zbigniew Brzezinski's book, A Second Chance, Three Presidents and the Crisis of the American Superpower. Chapter 3, Original Sin. The New World Order became President George H.W. Bush's trademark, the often cited definition of his world vision. But the phrase was neither his nor an accurate characterization of the foreign policy stewardship of his administration. In a speech to Congress proclaiming his commitment to a new world order, Bush not exactly giving credit where credit was due. Confident that this vision I shared with President Gorbachev when the two had met weeks earlier, but Gorbachev had used the phrase well before that. Uh, Bush and I, Bush was not a visionary, but a skilled practitioner of power politics, traditional diplomacy, and untraditional age. Lacking a historical imagination, he... Uh, appropriated Gorbachev's slogan and never seriously sought to implement it. The Bush one presidency coincided with cascading upheavals throughout Eurasia. Several crises were either ongoing or erupting throughout the vast continent over the previous four decades had been the principal arena for the grand strategic rivalry of the Cold War between the U.S. and Soviet Union. Now, he goes on to state that these uh, tensions continue to rise uh, political tensions, ethnic and religion, religious tensions in the Middle East and in East Asia in the Soviet bloc. The upheavals continue to show both Bush's strengths and limitations. He proved to be a crisis manager, but not a st- strategic visionary. Now, well, that's the Brzezinski new talking order. about Bush, right. obviously. Well, he, the purpose of what he's talking about here is, is Bush's failure to implement the actual new world order that he talked about and referenced often the bush team faced um historically uh comprehensible era was coming to an end the right course to pursue was not self-evident bush needed to define his priorities and look beyond tomorrow and get a sense of direction he focused primarily on the ending of the cold war but um just days after bush took office uh and after that, there was international uh, agreement set up. Now, the, and they list, they go through the different crises. Anyway, the world was transformed, but there was not, it was not transformed to the goals that it was set to reach, which was the new world order. Um, they hoped that they would see a unified banking system by the end of his term and that the what they said setting up a statute named the goddess of democracy or known as the statue of liberty at the heart of the capital of the world's most populous place uh, was going to continue to grow into a democratic revolution and China and other nations in the Middle East that would never 
think to adopt democracy would have to start. This was the New World Order's vision, is to start to spread democracy across the world. Which is, which is a totally, uh, it's a, it's a, it's, that's a fictitious, right. um, that has, that's just BS, really. Okay. But it goes on to state how the Soviet Union was a major hindrance in the, um, implementation of the actual new world order. What- and, and there it is. And, and, and understand this, because we are now facing the, uh, facing Russia, which in the minds of many of the neocons have not changed, or right, let me back up. Uh, we are facing Russia now, um, be because of this, their resistance to their subjugation into a new world order. At first it was the, uh, USSR, uh, through their communistic uh, uh, totalitarian approach, now it's reversed. It's the pro- it's, it's the same problem. There's the same country with a problem, the different type of a problem. Go ahead. Right, and that problem was Russia becoming a sovereign state, uh, dissolving the, the the USSR and becoming Russia. They say that uh, Bush did not foresee this. And now they, the new world order was rhetorically redefined to include Yeltsin's Russia, but without any new substance and without long range response to post Soviet world. Right. Anyways, the new world order, um, is a term that Bush used and is a term Obama uses and other world leaders use constantly to talk about a global alliance or global confederacy to consolidate not only political but military and economic uh, uh, all three into one and, and global citizenship and a world without borders of course going back to the Department of Homeland Security um, you know the term new world order in the first place is something that people kind of take with a grain of salt if they don't know what it is we live in a different time than we have uh, 50 years ago even 10 years ago things have changed so Frequently, and it continues to change. Um, that we're running out of room. We're going to reach our climax uh, as change is so rapid. The end is inevitable. But the phrase "new world order" should be familiar to most people. Anybody who pays attention to politics or current events, if you ask them what it means, most of them would say it doesn't exist. You're a conspiracy theorist. Many would believe you're an anti-government domestic extremist. And due to the lexicon from the Department of Homeland Security in 2009, they list a domestic extremist as a right-wing domestic extremist believe that a new world order would be brought about or would bring about a world government that usurps the sovereignty of the United States and its constitution infringing upon their liberty. Now, they list this as a conspiracy theory, the new world order um, belief. Obviously. They also go on to list the alternative media as another uh, potential domestic extremist group. And they define it by saying this is uh, the alternative media is a term used to describe various sources that provide information for interpretations of events and issues that differ radically from those presented in the mass media outlets. All right, now, now I'm going to stop you right there because here's what I think is important that people need to understand. In order for for the government, for example, to say, okay, the objective is to install this new world order or to to, to push it through, we have to have 
authorities, we have to have, number one, we have to have processes, we have to have procedures in place in order to monitor people, meaning us, and we have to have agencies to do that. So we have to have the processes and procedures and the agencies. Now, you think you know. Everyone says, oh, yeah, I know this is old news. Come on, tell me something I don't know. Now, listen, now, hold on a second. Because here, here's what happened following 9-11, and, and, and maybe this will help everyone to put things in the proper context and perspective. On September 16, 2003, Bush issued Homeland Security Presidential Directive 6, and people know about this. That this directed the AG, the Attorney General, to establish an organized, uh, or, or to establish an organization to consolidate, and this is an important word, to consolidate the U.S. government's approach to terrorism screening. That terrorism screening has now been inflated to encompass Christians. Okay? And omit, as of September 16, 2003, um, uh, lessen the uh, uh, watch over uh, the um, um, Islamists. Now, much of what Trump, Donald Trump, has been saying about the redacted 9/11 report is centered on this presidential directive six. In other words, what he's saying is release all of the information. This is what Donald Trump mm-hmm. is saying. Rand Paul, too. Rand Paul and others. But the hinge, the, the, what, 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 what is preventing this is the HSPD-6 of September 16th, 2003, that said, okay, we are going to redefine, uh, we're going to not only establish an organization to consolidate our, our approach, the government's approach to terrorism screening, but we're going to redefine this in the process. This is why, for example, the HSPD-6, they directed the heads of executive departments and agencies to, to provide the National Counterterrorism Training Center an ongoing basis all appropriate terrorist information in their possession, custody, or control, which birthed then the fusion centers. Okay, but as we go, as we move on, we watch the the uh, the maturing process take place. It, we we see that the following year, August twenty seventh, two thousand and four, the president issued a Homeland Security Presidential Directive eleven, which built upon the previous one six to enhance terrorist related screenings, and then we see the information and, and, and further enhancements uh, in two thousand and eight. There was another directive, 24, HSPD 24, to build upon that one, and, and, and so it goes. So you've got HSPD 6, um, you've got, uh, 11, you've got 24, and all of these procedures and policies that now are taking by, they're consolidating all of this power into the executive branch mm-hmm. by Essentially, by executive fiat and by subjugating the Congress, the legislative branch, into acquiescing their power of oversight directly to the executive branch. So, right now, what do we have? We have the executive branch being the most powerful branch in the in in, in the country, when in fact it should be the legislative branch, and that's the policies and procedures in both the the redefinition 
but also the application. And what is intended here, um, the, the, the process is, for example, in, in, in the, in the government documents, the intention here is to intimidate or coerce a civilian population into a certain compliance. It's to influence the policy uh, of the government by the process of intimidation or coercion and to affect the conduct of a government um, and the people under the, the uh, authority of the government by mass distraction, mass destruction, or other uh uh, other uh, management aspects that I referenced earlier mm-hmm. in this morphing or this tweaking, this refinement of the, um, uh, well, uh, you know, of, of, of the uh, uh, the activities. Now, the, the, the constitutional, the, and I'm going to say this and then turn it back to you. You see, what, what is at stake here? The constitutionally protected activities, and we know this, the First Amendment, the free speech, the exercise of free speech toward and granted by the government includes, and folks, it's more than simply speaking on a controversial topic in, we'll say, the middle of the town square. No, no, no. It includes symbolic, written, oral, expression, art, activities, placards in a parade, holding up signs, sending letters to editors. All of this now, and think about this, you send a letter to an editor, that newspaper, okay, has been tasked under these various presidential directives to make sure, well, um, I don't know, I don't want to overstate this, I want to be careful, but uh, there is oversight of communications to the letters of the editor, for example, in various new, uh, and especially of the larger newspapers, for the purpose of watch listing guidance and under the auspices of homeland security, the right of protected free speech under the U.S. Constitution is basically inapplicable. It doesn't yes, apply. It and this also applies to the exercise of religion, except when it comes to Sharia law. So, what we're getting into here, what we're stating, what Joe has stated, what I'm stating is this. The semblance of normalcy, or the appearance of normalcy, remains. But what has been tweaked is the internal components that will disallow you any dissension any dissension and that includes and one of the greatest tools that they have right now is the internet which I spoke of earlier and the greatest tools is the collection of information by people who are responding to news stories with factual information and they are being used as as basically as uh, well they're being used the, the information is being used against them to create a profile and that profile is being maintained as crazy as this sounds you're on a list and and not only are you on a list but because of the digitization because you can store so much information now on on the head of a pin essentially 
Now there's no limitations. Before, think back in the mid '50s when when the when when McCarthy was going after the communists. Where was all this information being stored in file cabinets, in papers, and and now there is no limitation, virtually no limitation to the information that could be collected on each one of you, which is the architecture for this centralized world government, and. Finally, using all of this and, and, and um, uh, the, uh, uh, for example, the watch listing process overview. I kind of, I'm not going to go through that, but but uh, the various uh, entities now that are behind this watch listing process. I guess that would is the best way to describe it. Is uh, they're all all of them the the watch listing process overview as we just discussed? Well, who does this? Who's got the time? Who's got the resources? Who's got the the power to do this? Which government agencies are responsible for updating existing known or, or suspected terrorists that that are in the form of Christians or or anti? When I say anti-government, I'm talking about Anything in that in that venue, uh, pro Second Amendment or anti-abortion, who has the responsibility to coordinate all of these actions? When you look at it, and when you study these presidential directives, and when you study these watch listing guidance um, um, papers, mm-hmm. which are voluminous, there it's, it's who is it? It it all comes down to a consolidation. So everything that uh, just to, just to put this in law enforcement perspectives, just think about this: everything that's done on the local law enforcement level is turned over to a fusion center, which then turns that information over to a data collection center. That data collection center now stores all of this information, and where is it monitored? Who monitors it? National Security Agency and other agency who can they, with their combined efforts, if they run a name, think of this: think of this universal NCI NCI. Or NCIC kind of operation. If they want a name, let's just say a a field agent in Podunk, Idaho, is working a case and wants to make a case against you, Joe Joe uh, Smith, that that you are a domestic terrorist. Now that information, all of it, has been that 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 circuit has been completed, and every bit of information, whether it's your little um, um, avatar and and uh, saying or uh, uh, sentiments on on a on a news story, or your Facebook posting, or your the photographs that you know of you and your mother-in-law uh, riding the teacups at the uh, in 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 Florida, it's all right there. The next step then is to bring it forward and have you. Wear it on your wrist or your forehead, or have it placed on your wrist or your forehead for immediate retrieval. That's kind of the next step. So that kind of brings yes, it, it all is. together. Um, that was a very uh, I'm not sure if I coherent. Sense. Yes, you did make sense. Now I didn't bring a lot of the materials, but one of the you were citing presidential policy directives. Presidential policy directive 28 is a um, initiative that Obama had implemented it it deals with the collection of intelligence and uh the agencies that will be involved with that collection now there are a few things uh that have been released recently and initiatives that have been taken on by or launched by the Obama administration 
But let's go back to when he first became sworn into office in the beginning of 2009. One of his first executive orders was to establish, it was Executive Order 13507, to establishment of the White House Office of Health Reform. And what he did is uh, he said the key goal of his presidency is to uh, transform the health care system into uh, an improved order for the outcome of the health of our citizens and economic security. They were establishing the office of White Ho- the White House Office of Health Reform, and the executive office of the president will provide leadership through establishing policies, priorities, priorities and adje- objectives through all federal government agencies in order to improve access to health care and sustainability of the health care system. Under the Health and Human Services Department, they will extend by law and establish in the Department of uh, HHS the Office of Health Reform, which will work closely with the White House. Their functions are to, one, provide leadership to coordinate the policy agenda across executive departments in order to accelerate the availability of affordable, accessible health care and a slow growth development of uh, domestic policy for a national security strategy. But not only that, they continue to say that they're not only going to work with executive departments and agencies in the federal government, but they're going to work with non-governmental organizations as well as all international governments. Well, see, but we have to go back and just, I want to remind people, it's not the health, the healthcare, Obamacare, it was, it was, it was really the the gang of eight, the Congress, the leaders of the Congress, Joe, and please understand it, they all worked together to get it passed, but it had nothing to do with healthcare. Yes, and uh, we stated control the other day or yesterday that Obamacare or the RFID microchip implant uh, was set in motion back in the 40s and 50s with uh, certain laws that they established, uh, one of them being the, uh, uh, what was it, the National Technology Advancement Act of 1945, uh, if I believe I'm quoting this right. There's a website out there that's called ObamacareFacts.com, and it's Obamacare implant, Obamacare microchip RFID myth. And I thought this was interesting because this is a website developed by the government for the, uh, they say, basically disproving the myth that there is a RFID chip uh, in the Affordable Health Act that mandates a microchip implant for data collection. They say this is a rumor usually spread by email. It's a claim wording from the Affordable Health Care Act it contains a section that requires the impl- implementation of an RFID chip in all Americans by a certain date and allows for data collection from those devices. Now they go on to cite the law and they say, yes, this was what was in the original act, but the act was changed and reworded, so now uh, that part is gone. But they say um, in another part, H.R. 320 includes the Food and Drug Cosmetic Act, which does allow for data collection to facilitate analysis of post-market safety and outcomes from Class II devices. Now, what's a Class II device? A Class II device is an RFID chip, um, according to the FDA, that is for patient 
identification and health information. Now, under Section 519 of the Food and Drug Cosmetic Act, it still includes this passage for the implementation of a Class II device for data collection. Now, they go on to say, See for yourself. Pull up the Affordable Care Act. Search for the word RFID implant and see if you find anything. They say you won't. They're right. But guess what? Uh, the Affordable Health Care Act was amended and changed, and the reference to the RFID ch- uh, chip was taken out. But the Food and Drug Cosmetic Act, which is uh, part of the ACA, has a mandatory chip implementation clause, and we're well beyond that now. We have set up the Global Unique Identification uh, System. We have set up so many in- initiatives. Each agency has set up um, imp- uh, implantable or plans for implantable uh, technologies through medical devices for quote unquote public health. Now, a class two device is an implantable, life supporting, life sustaining, or uh, you need to pay attention to this, folks, because it, this is important. Yes, right? it's a the secretary shall establish a national medical registry to facilitate the analysis of post-market safety and outcome data on each device. It is a Class II device that is implantable, life-supporting, and in, uh, the Secretary shall, in consultation with the Commissioner of the FDA and Center for Medicare and Medicaid, the Office of National Coordinator for Health Information Technology, which if folks just go to the healthit.gov, there's so much information there, but it goes on to say what they're going to do. Including this registry, they're going to take appropriate information to identify each device by a serial number, a model type, and a unique identification number. They're going to analyze this information for patient safety, and they're going to link all data with and information which not with not only the global unique identification system, but the medical device registry, as well as uh, a global health initiative. And I'm not making any of this up or pulling out of thin air. It is called the Internet of Things. Now, the FDA has established a rule, uh, and I'm not going to get into the terms of post-market surveillance, which refers to after you have the chip inside you, they can monitor all your vitals, real-time health information that is shared constantly, and they have actual, if you go to healthit.gov, you can read the behavioral health IT settings, which states if your blood pressure is out of whack or if you uh, are a smoker and uh, maybe have a few drinks at night, that they have intervention policies that will stop that use of tobacco, that will stop the use of anything unhealthy. If you don't follow their dietary guidelines, they can disclude you from the system. Now, whether this is or isn't the mark of the beast, we'll find out soon. But from what I've read, they say uh, you either comply or you are not part of this community. Anyway, back to this story of ObamacareFacts.com dispelling the microchip myth. It goes on to say uh, that the myth summary is... The earlier version of the law contained wording that potentially opened a gateway for collecting data mandatory through RFID implants. The language was dropped, they said. 
But the final version of the ACA includes sections that allow for different types of data collection electronically from a Class II device like an RFID. So right there, they just contradicted everything that they said. A mandatory Obamacare RFID implant is a myth, but the RFID chips aren't. RFID chips may well be something that we use as a people and should consider discussing in the near future. There's a lot of potential safety, health, and medical benefits that may also pose risks to privacy of some which are illustrated in a video they list below. And they cite the Real ID Act, the chips that go in the passports and now the driver's license. Now, and, and don't forget, there are some states where the driver's license—I I can't remember if there are how many—if they don't have the—if the driver's license don't have that chip in it, they're not—they can't be used for boarding an aircraft, for example. Yeah. Now, the uh, president also, in his first year of office, in another executive order, thirteen five two one, established a commission for the study of bioethical issues where in its mission, uh, Part B of its mission, says it will create uh, stem cell research, intellectual property issues, genetic sequencing, biomarkers, and goes on to say it may examine broader issues not linked to specific technologies and not limited to the protection of human research participants, scientific integrity, and conflicts of interest in research, and the intersection of science and human rights will be faced. What in the world would cause the intersection of science and human rights? I can't think of anything else. Science other than and some, human rights, I, I'm not even sure. Some well, kind of technological, mandatory. <laughs> um, now, it could be a chip, it could be a tattoo, it could be a, a watch. But back to this Obamacare RFID myth page. As we just read, they already contradicted themselves. They go on to say that RFID chips don't have to be implanted in humans. They can be put in credit cards. But the FDA has shown that implants are safe for humans and that they are currently in use in animal trackers, as animal trackers, and uh, they are generally used to track household pets, monitor endangered species. They're used as ankle bracelets or wrist tags on uh, you know, criminals and or newborn babies. They say that while the ACA does not allow for data collection of class two, from Class II devices, it does contain wording pertaining to electronic data collection to improve public health care. Section 3015, data collection, public reporting. And guess what? It's not optional. Nope. It is reasonable to think that in the future, RFID chips will be in more widespread use. It could be implemented to be used in identity cards, alert bracelets not only could implantable chips monitor your health status but if you were a diabetic prone to seizures it could be used as a gps and a means to transfer currency like the use of drones and other new technologies could potentially be used to limit freedom rather than expand it the implications of rfid devices need to be discussed openly with the public despite the risks implants pose there are also benefits they are part of the new technology that we need to think about. And they go on. The microchip implant, uh, the new healthcare system, uh, this plan is being implemented. It has been set in the date already. And this site that is, is a site to <laughs> 
prove it as a myth that it is in part of the ACA. It doesn't do anything other than prove that it is truth. Because they say in here that they will not only... It does not say the words RFID implementation mandatory in the ACA, but in the law they cite in the ACA allows for it. And they, they say that the Affordable Health Care Act allows for electronic collection. Um, and it goes here to say this. Implanting microchips isn't something Obamacare does. The Patient Protection and Affordable Health Care Act is a law that anyone can pick up and read. It does discuss data collection in general, but no mention of mandatory implants. As technology moves forward, we are sure to see a wide range of smart devices that can rely on important information, like health data and data about the device itself. It will be important for us to push aside these myths and focus on supporting legislation that allows us to use this technology for health outcomes. Mm. I mean, is... (laughs) And there's a lot more you can go on the site and read that I didn't read, just skimmed over. But, I mean, you talk about doublespeak and confusion. They have what we talk about as the Internet of Things. Now, the Internet of Things is the um, use of information or the use of technology for... We're uh, there. We're there already. Building networks that are uh, multi-purposed, that have control features... Functions, safety features, communication systems, economic uh, abilities, commercial and residential settings. The Internet of Things evolves the networks. It will be connected and added security, um, and it will cover all things. The Internet of Things is not a single technology. It's a concept of how things are all new and will be connected. And they give diagrams, um, lots of them. They say these sensors will be embedded, um, and it will be a image recognition functionality through augmented reality, near-field communication systems, and real-time integrated decision support is an asset management and new service. These bring plenty of opportunities. The Internet of Things provides the integration of information through hardware and software to retrieve and process data through electronic systems between individuals and the government. This rapid convergence of information and communication sharing via technology is was helped by the innovative cloud data and communication pipeline networks. It goes on to say that as a result of this convergence of technology, applications require adapting this technology in Cognitive technologies, contextual intelligence, as well as all smart devices incorporated into every aspect of our everyday life. The Internet is not only a network of computers, but it has evolved into a network of devices of all types and sizes. It goes on to say the Internet of Things is a global concept. It requires a common definition. It's a global infrastructure of information society enabling interconnected physical and virtual information and communication technologies through the exploitation of identification, data capture, and communication capabilities, the Internet of Things will ensure that security and privacy requirements or 
from a broader perspective, be perceived as a vision with technological and social societal implementation, a dynamic global network infrastructure with self-configuration capabilities based on standards where physical and virtual things have identities, attributes, personalities, intelligences, interfaces, and integrated into the information network. These can be nanotechnologies, sensors, embedded systems, cloud computing, virtualization cloud software. Cloud computing is, is a big part of it, folks. Understand this cloud computing, which I never understood. Uh, I, I couldn't, could not wrap my brain around this, but this, this is a, everything that is being discussed here. It sounds dry. It sounds like, oh, just shut up already. <laughs> but look, what we're talking about, especially with the Internet of Things and the cloud computing, is the complete manipulation and the control. Again, you cannot, a government or a globalist entity cannot control what they can't see. That's they right. cannot see what they cannot, uh, or what's not part of the grid. So we are being pushed toward this complete and utter control and consolidation. This is all what this is all about, okay? And there's no, you know, people say, well, we're going to get off the grid. You're not going to be allowed to get off the grid. And even if you do get off the grid, the bottom line, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, is the fact that, you will not be able to buy, sell, trade, eat, get medical uh, right. or anything, uh, medical uh, um, help, if you are not part of the system. So we need to be prepared for that eventuality. But we also need to understand that this is not going to happen in a vacuum. But we're seeing this take place. All of this is gradual. This whole thing is gradual right now until it stops being gradual and suddenly it's going to start. So it, and as, as crazy as that sounds and as, as oxymoronic as that sounds, we're watching this slowly fall into place until it doesn't, it's not slow anymore. And that's what we have to really worry about. I mean, yeah. Before the end of the program, I want to make sure that folks, you do understand we, we launched, um, a, uh, 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 U.S. test fire nuclear ICBM. I just want to make sure everyone understood that. We did launch? Yes, yes, of course. Um, in fact, on Zero Hedge, um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna cite Zero Hedge here because this is important in the context of even what we're talking about here today. It seems like kind of a diversion of topic, but it does fold back into what we're talking about. Caught on tape, U.S. fires Test fires, uh, nuclear ICBM warns we are prepared to use nuclear weapons. Now, less than two years ago, news of a Russia test firing an ICBM. Remember that? Just as Ukraine was getting, uh, uh, started. We, that was sufficient to send the stock market, if you remember that, into a brief tailspin. Well, since then, the launchers, uh, or the launches of nuclear-tipped uh, ICBM missiles have become almost daily occurrences, and we're not being, no one's paying attention to this. And the reason I'm, I bring this up is because if you look at the news media, the control over the discussion and the narrative, this is what we're not being talked about. Now, I know uh, Ted Brewer has come on and says, I don't believe that the next war is going to be in nuclear in nature. Perhaps not. We know that they've got scalar technology well beyond, even more refined than nuclear weapons. However, uh, look, uh, 
last night, just after uh, 11 o'clock Pacific time at Vandenberg Air Force Base in California, where for the second time this week the U.S. fired its second intercontinental ballistic missile, an ICBM, in the past seven days. They're seeking to demonstrate, we are seeking to demonstrate our own nuclear arms capacity at a time when the the relationship between Russia and the, and, and America or North Korea and China and Middle East is at its worst. So, well, we, we, here we think about, or here we talk about the Internet of Things and all of these controls and, and what have you. Over here we're talking about a global war. It is our contention, and maybe we should have led with this or at least referenced this, it's our contention that before a fully functional system of subjugation is in place, there will be events or an event or series of events that will cause people to want yep. this subjugation. And even worse, there has, there are already, as I said, there is a law as a Meaningful Use Stage 3, January 1st, 2018, it's mandatory for all. In the United States, but uh, but, but if an emergency happens, yeah, but don't no, think. I mean, but what, 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 what year though? What year did you say? Twenty eighteen. Okay, you see how close? You see how fast the, um, the it was uh, it's coming. And they uh, right, it back and they could push it back to twenty twenty three, and they could push it back to twenty thirty, and they just might. But as of now, that is the date that's set, well, and that is the law as of right now. But with that aside. Um, just on our closing thoughts on this. Um, there is so many, there's over 35 agencies that are working on this. They, right. If you go to the White House's own website, you can find um, just a whole, uh, a plethora of documentation from the, glo- the digital, 21st century digital strategy, digital governance digital government strategy to the national surveillance plan to the national biosurveillance plan to the um, federal health architecture which mm-hmm. deals with mm-hmm. uh, you know established standards of federal health architecture through the adoption of health uh, IT or health information technology and the advancement of that for the agenda of the uh, enterprise architecture they talk about the stakeholders those are the people who are the world controllers. And also, you know, they released just um, six months ago, HHS uh, released a paper that says, for the improvement of health care and public health preparedness, the Department of Health and Human Services released almost a billion dollars for the emergency preparedness, state and local, of the public health and health care systems. They go on to say, protecting health from impacts of emergencies, whether it's a disease outbreak or a natural disaster, is it requires constant and uh, vigilance. And they say that in order to do this, states and communities leverage our program every day to enhance community resilience and protect the nation's health security. To do this, they're going to have to expand health care preparedness capabilities and collaborate with each individual member of society and the necessary medical equipment and supplies for real-time information monitoring through communication systems on a personal level to respond to emergencies. And it goes on from there. I mean, they have a, they have a, it's like the Hegelian dialect, problem, reaction, solution. They have the solution to every problem that could possibly arise from stopping the implementation of this healthcare. 
This also is called private, uh, privatized medical care or patient-centric health care. And I guess I won't get too far into it, but what they say is their, their whole, uh, premise is to improve the health of the U.S. population. And they do this through having access to real-time information, and they say that if you do not provide them access to your, to your information, you're a, a risk of national security. Well, Does that and, and, it goes back, yes, and it goes back to what we were saying about the redefinition, the reclassification, and the watch listing guidance that we talked about that is constantly being tweaked and, and upgraded. That's right. It's the redefinition and it comes right back to this. And, and you know, folks, you, when you, when you listen to this program, if you listen to it again or if, if you just finish listening to it, you might think, well, what in the hell did they just talk about? We talked just, about it. It seemed like a whole bunch of words just falling out of, you, out of their, their, their mouths. Not really. Well, no, I mean, because some people may say, oh, I already knew that. Other people may, may say, I don't believe it. It sounds interesting, but I don't believe it. But what we're attempting to do is reinforce, and, and this is what I think, it, um, is to reinforce the fact that, you know, the push toward this global governance, this antichrist central world government that is coming that's on our doorstep has moving parts and components that are always being tweaked, and we need to connect the dots on this. This is what we're saying. And as we, we look at the process overview, we look at the standards, the identifying in the um, the criteria, and we look at it each and every fine point that we're not going to find or we're not going to hear about in the mainstream media or even with the alternative media. Right. You know, it's all here. Sean Hannity is a very smart person. I hear him talk about legislation and laws, and he reads the laws and he understands the language. And what makes me so mad about that is he definitely knows about this. No doubt in my mind. Never heard a word about it on his show. And he Sorry. has people that attend all the congressional hearings and committees and, and the basically somebody who's stationed in at the House of Representatives. But anyway, the Affordable Care Act, and this is from the White House, um, is cited here as the Affordable Care Act uh, is the patient engagement in healthcare has been termed the blockbuster drug of the century with the potential to transform the whole practice of medicine at the very least. Incorporating health uh, themes and tools into this widely adopted care model can encourage engagement among healthcare staff and patients. And it goes on to say that, um, you know, it, it's amazing. They have unlimited amount of chips. They have neurological chips. They have uh, chips that can be put in your spine. They put the chips in your in your brain. They can relieve pain in your spine for pain also. And they can also deliver uh, serotonin to your brain. We covered an article not too long ago where an implantable chip can wipe out your uh, belief in God or your belief system. These things are dangerous. And I don't know if it's the mark of the beast or not. It does seem like it. I've read documents where they say your um, participation is 
mandatory. And if you do decide not to participate, because it is a patient-centered medical home accountability agenda that relies on the patient engagement for success, if you refuse, you will not get, as my dad said, the care of the hospital services if you need it. You will not be able to have a bank account. If you do not provide the necessary relevant patient information in real time to the government, you can consider yourself part of the wilderness. If you're not hunted and and, and put in jail. They have civil monetary penalty laws already in place for $5,000 a day for noncompliance. How many days does that equal before they'll decide that you'll never be able to pay it and taking your life will be the best and most uh the easiest and most efficient way to to solve that problem i mean this isn't a joke and i don't take this lightly i've done years of research on this and i still can't articulate it in the way i want to but i'm telling you whether this is or is not the mark of the beast, this is law and this is mandatory. It's going to happen. Minus an act from God. Well, yeah, and, and, and exactly. So be just be aware, and please, if you take the time, ten minutes a day, do some research. Go to healthit.gov. Go to HHS. Any federal agency website. Read the executive orders. Read the Federal Register. But see, and that's it. A lot of people don't take the time. You know, it, it, the information that, that you have at your fingertips via the Internet is one thing. If you're lucky enough to go to the archives, um, what we'll say in D.C., or if you're lucky enough to, to go to your library or be able to go to your library and they've got extensive archives, look at the documentation from years back. Go ahead and pull the archives from, um, you know, the, the, the national newspaper like Washington Post, New York Times, back from, you know, uh, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years ago. And you're going to learn a lot of this because a lot of the information that we're seeing right now has been massaged and and, and um, uh, we're being gamed in, the, in certain areas. Now, one thing I wanted, it's getting late here, I wanted to bring this up. Benghazi, Hillary Clinton should be in jail, obviously. Uh, today, the State Department turned over nearly 1,600 documents. Yep. Okay, and these are always newly discovered. Let me just say this: Hillary Clinton, all right, is is going to be the, in my view, uh, I got to preface this, will be the uh, Democratic nominee for the uh, president. And based based on everything I've come out with, uh, I, I I firmly believe that it's going to be uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, who will probably be the next president of the United States? And, I, and it pains me to say that you might say you might say, well, why not Donald Trump? Because I think, okay, and I I do hope if, if it was between Clinton and Trump, I hope Trump would get it because of uh, well, because of the obvious reasons. However, uh, I do believe that the re- the Republicans, uh, the establishment Republicans, led by uh, Reese, uh, whatever his name is, and, and Karl Rove. Uh, they're going to really do some dirty tricks here. Pull out, you know, have some dirty tricks. And Cruz, of course, as as Paul Paul, uh, McGuire mentioned yesterday, uh, you know, ties to to big banking and such. But anyway, back to Hillary Clinton and the 1600 uh, newly discovered uh, documents relating to Benghazi. 
it doesn't matter if Trey Gowdy, um, you know, stands with with a um, in full armor with a, a sword and a flaming uh, pitchfork and 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 in the uh, State Department uh, lawn or the lawn of the White House, nothing is going to come from this uh, Benghazi issue. You've got so many in so many criminal aspects behind. Uh, that Hillary Clinton has been involved in. These are not just merely allegations. The, 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 there's enough proof here to show that she's behind a lot of criminal activities from, from her Watergate days uh, to the cattle futures, where she was just so lucky, uh, to, to the um, Whitewater. And, and I could go on and on and on. Now Benghazi, and uh, four people are dead, regardless of what you think of what they were doing, why they were there, and if you think that uh, they shouldn't have been there, it doesn't matter. What I'm telling you is no one is going to be answerable to this because they all have blood on their hands. That includes the Gang of Eight, and that includes Speaker John, former Speaker John Boehner. That includes the um, uh, the House Majority Leader in the Senate, the Majority Leader, Minority Leaders, all the people who are involved in this knew about this operation, Benghazi, and in fact, this was to create and to facilitate to take that take out Syria was the ultimate objective, and of course Benghazi was attacked because of that. But the bottom line here is to facilitate is to the creation of, of a new world order through this uh, mm-hmm. uh, power structure. But all of this information, it's it will implicate both Republicans and Democrats. The knowledge and foreknowledge, and there's <laughs> she will not have to answer to this, and it's a lawless country. It's lawless to its core, and we have a renegade in the White House. And for that matter, one more thing. Uh, Rubio, no, no, doesn't qualify as a natural-born citizen. Sorry, Cruz doesn't qualify as a natural-born citizen. I don't care what Glenn Beck says, and I'm sorry. I don't care what Glenn Beck says, and I've heard from I've heard from, uh, from uh, somebody out of his uh, office um I'm just going to leave it at that. Glenn Beck, sorry, not a natural-born citizen. Look for information, slanderous, to come out on, on Rubio. Cruz and Rubio not playing nice, neither is Trump, and certainly Hillary and Sanders, no way either. Interesting Thanks stuff. Thanks for the great week. Until Monday, unless something major happens. We will take to the airwaves if yes, it will. does. Have a great weekend. God bless. Saddle for battle. This is the Global Star Radio Network.